Hello and welcome to the One One, your West Australian racing podcast. I am BJ Ryan. Episode 53 is proudly sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter at betfair.com.au. As always, I'm teaming up with the Perth racing guru, Terry Layton, and joining us from the 1900 bar at Ascot Racecourse is the brilliant Brittany Taylor. G'day, Terry, and welcome, Brittany. Thanks for having me. Good to be here, as always, BJ. Now, as excited as we are to have uh, Brittany on this week's podcast, I think we better start by congratulating yes. yourself, Bernard. Uh, Harrison Neil Ryan came into this world on Railway Stakes Day as well, a Railway Stakes Day, baby, at 5.49. Railway, <laughs> Railway Ryan at 5.49am on, uh, on Railway Stakes Day. So, uh, congratulations, BJ. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Britt. So yeah. in the morning, BJ, but I saw you out at the races in the afternoon. Mm. What's happened there? Yeah, this is yeah, <laughs> this is a story. So, so Harrison arrived, and um, <laughs> within about three or four hours of of, of him uh, being in this world, my partner Lee, my fiance Lee, rather, mentioned that I should probably head out to uh, to Railway Stakes Day, which I thought it was a test. It was yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. It's There's a trap. <laughs> Uh, and I, uh, so I just pretended that she didn't say anything and just went about my, my business nursing little Harry. And then uh, another few hours later, I was heading towards two o'clock and Lee said, you know, basically, what are you still doing here? You should be, um, should be out the races to, to watch, um, Red Can Man and, um, and, uh, sort of made sure that she, you know, it wasn't a test and <laughs> she had some family coming and wanted to spend some alone time with 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 harry and um yeah so i got out for the last two races on the day and then stayed around for about half an hour after the last and went straight back to midland hospital oh, she is a keeper I, I can only imagine the amount of men listening to this podcast just saying to their wife what? listen to this listen <laughs> to this it was i was talking to a great friend of mine and uh walking onto the course and i said hang on, what am I doing here? Uh, <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean? I said, nah, I said, this feels like off. I said, I think I'm going to turn around and go home. Um, and he goes, no, 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 you know, Lee, well, Lee understands. And, and anyway, it was, it felt a bit weird, but then I ran into my sister, Alison, and um, uh, who is uh, married to Sean McGrady. And uh, my two nieces were there and it felt like a real family affair because only a couple of race early, races earlier, Sean had, um, I actually won a feature double, actually, but he'd won the WA Guineas on, on Watch Me Dance. So it was a great day personally with my third child arriving, happy and healthy um, from a family point of view as well through through Sean and, and Alison and also professionally through my connection with the Steve Wolf stable. It was probably our greatest day in my six or seven years since I've been working with Steve with Watch Me Dance winning the Guineas and uh, Red Cam Man running a, such a brave race in the railway stakes. So it was a Railway Stakes 2020 was one I'll definitely never forget. Yeah. That is the best. It is amazing. Was the uh, paperwork already lodged by the time you got back to the hospital or was there any thoughts about Harrison's uh, a little bit of a late uh, name change to William <laughs> Pike. Pike by that stage of the day? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, there was. it's interesting in the lead up um, for all you Farlap fans out there, I was, I was telling Lee that he's – Middle name has to be Telford, so he would have been Harry Telford Ryan, and um, yeah, Philip's trainer, obviously. And um, uh, as you can imagine, it got vetoed very quickly mm. by Lee. She's not that understandable when I it comes to Telford. Actually, <laughs> yeah. I thought it had quite a good ring to it, actually. But um, but no. So Neil is a, her pop's name, and and we're we're thrilled. We're very happy parents. I'm a very blessed human being. And how's the first week been, or not even week, but the, the early part of week one? It's been. It's been interesting. Uh, it's been, he, the, Harry himself has been 
but pretty perfect, to be honest. We're, we're very lucky so far. Uh, that can change very quickly. Touch wood, we'll uh, be crying all night tonight. Yeah. <laughs> my daughter, Isabel, is seven. My son, Lachlan, is five. So there has been, I'll have to say, there's probably been at least one moment every day where I've where I thought, hang on, like I need probably need to have a review of my decision making process here because <laughs> this is this is a big uh, operation. But no, like uh, it's yeah, it's going to be a challenge, but it's so rewarding. Fatherhood's probably the my greatest achievement, and and um and I really enjoy it. And um yeah, looking forward to to three of them now. So yeah, the podcast a close second. Sorry, the podcast a close <laughs> second. <isn't Yeah>. it? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, for sure. But um, but yeah, no, it's I don't want it to be all about me. But yeah, it was a great day. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's funny because we we've we've ridden the whole pregnancy basically on the show. So it's, yeah, um, it's um yeah, yeah it was it was um it's been a it's been good. So. so it was very fitting to some degree, wasn't it? It was a one year anniversary, uh, the race meeting we first did one for. So that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It was uh, it was fitting to some degree. So now congratulations, not just from us two, but from uh, the entire of the. One One Pod and, and racing community. We're uh, very happy for Lee and yourself. Lovely. Thanks, Terry. Brittany and Terry, you were you were leading the charge out there on Railway Stakes Day, but Brittany, you were right in the thick of things. Coalface. Tell us mm. what was it like to be out at Ascot, Group 1, Million Dollar Racing. When I walked onto the course, the course was buzzing, but you were right in it. In it. Tell us what was your experience like oh, on 2020 Railway Stakes Day? It was amazing, particularly given I'd just come out of 14 days quarantine. So <laughs> I'd had the week in Melbourne where I just had a whole new appreciation for how lucky we've been throughout COVID in WA to be able to have crowds on course for the most part. There was obviously a brief period where we couldn't, but to have come from watching the biggest races in Australia and, and have no crowds, no owners there, to come back on railway stakes day and not not really even just the railway but the undercard some of those celebrations i just i always position myself where i can see sort of the track and the vantage because most of the trainers and owners are standing up there and ash Maley, i'm sure would almost put a hole in that deck he was cheering <laughs> home red publisher that hard the same with the russell uh, stewart boys and uh, they were just cheering home shan talk so just race after race there were just such good scenes and then um Naturally, I'm just so proud of all the ladies in Watch Me Dance, um, given that we all sort of started on the journey together with female-owned horses mm. and to watch them enjoy the ultimate success was just great. We'll touch on that in a moment. However, I was watching the um, post-race interviews with the jockeys and the trainers and we can't move past the fact that uh, Team Taylor won the first <laughs> of the day, Caracapa, and you got to interview your brother, Lockie, uh, um, one of our uh, regulars here at the 1-1. One -one. What's it? It must be a bit of a trip. Like you're, <laughs> you're on national TV and then you're trying to enjoy the win but at the same time bring it back to be professional enough to interview <laughs> your brother. It's oh, very interesting. I'll tell you what, it's a lot worse when you run a narrow second and you have to interview <laughs> the trainer that uh, has just pipped you. But um, it, it's often strange for me given that, I obviously work so closely in the stable. I'm mm. asking questions that I already know the answer to in many ways when I'm interviewing Dad or Lockie. But on Saturday it was a little bit of a different scenario because I hadn't been at the stable for, for a few weeks. And I actually said in the interview, Lockie, they, he sends through to a, everything gets filmed and goes to a family group chat. So I'd watched all the work and everything and I actually called Dad straight away and said, well, you're a bit soft on him there. Like <laughs> Capo can bludge a little bit. And uh, the one thing they said is that absolutely not. He'd had the work poured into him uh, in the lead up. And as soon as he walked into the yard, I thought, oh, no, he hasn't missed him. So, um, yeah, that was just brilliant to see 
uh, him win and he had to survive a protest and dad was still at the farm. He always likes to do multiple trips when we've got horses in early in the day and late in the day and we're in the first and the last. So he was at the farm, which meant Lockie had to go in for his first ever protest hearing and Dad was calling. He said, oh, if I was here, this would be absolutely dismissed. Oh, I don't know. Like He was just worried. And I was like, have you met your son? He's a professional arguer. Like I, I have absolutely no doubt that uh, he'll put a good case forward and uh, luckily he did. Survived the process. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. Um, maybe a bit of a, a future in the legal profession for Lockie. Well, that's mate. what he was doing. He yeah. was actually he was uh, studying law until Dad's accident and um, then pretty much had to step up and play a much bigger role in the stable so that he sort of shifted paths. Mm. Well, congratulations. What Thank a, you. Another, uh, just another layer to a, a very cool day, a railway stakes day. Of course, inspirational girl, stole the show, uh, absolutely mind-blowing how, how brilliant that performance was. Kudos to everyone involved. You had William Pike back from quarantine uh, alongside yourself, Brittany. What a ride. Alana. Williams had been with Grant's been away and he was still in mm. quarantine. So it's been her operation at home. Got that horse to an amazing peak on grand final day. Bob Peters, obviously, his third um, railway stakes in a row. The track was lightning. The ride was sensational. The mare, could, she could be the next big thing in Australian racing. Like It's wild how successful the Peters investment operation are uh, these days. Terry, you were... You were leading the charge there with the inspirational girl. Tell us what, what was your experience of that race in particular and the result? Well, I've been on, I was saying just before we came to air, I've been on race courses a couple of times in the past, just once or twice, <laughs> you know, just, just popped out every now and then. But um, just seeing that pikey chant uh, and the way the entire race course uh, lit up um, after after inspirational girl one and seeing Pikey come back to start come back to hand as well and he's not usually a real performer for the crowds but as I was saying to Brittany before I think he really sort of just relished everyone being there and it, it wasn't just I don't think he was just celebrating inspirational girl but I think he was celebrating all the support he received while he was away so he just yeah he's, he's a rock star he's like, a rock star racing yeah. hasn't had and racing well in, in my time I can't think of anybody else um, well, I can't think of anybody ever, just about, who, who's been as, I don't know, popular with the people. But as, so unique because he's not flamboyant. Exactly it's not right. like it's a Frankie Dottori who is the showman, but yep. it, there's this just natural aura where everyone's drawn to him and it, a, a showman is the furthest thing from Pikey mm-hmm. yep. and yet – what he was able to do when coming in. He said, he, he said, I just couldn't help but be taken by that. When you hear a chant like that, he just, he loved it. Yeah. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen on a race course. Comfortably. He, he uh, he's almost like shied away from that rock star status in a way and, and naturally, I suppose, but also, I guess, to protect himself a little bit and to make sure he keeps his mind on the job of riding winners. But I feel as though this experience on the East Coast and you know, I guess maybe proving something to himself by being able to compete at that level, coming back, the, the just how much support he received back home and then he came back for Go the Ride on Arcadia Queen. So there was another sort of thread to that, to, to the um, – to the whole discussion, won the railway, which he came back and set to do. But it's almost like he's he's acknowledged the fact and he's grown into the rock star role but in his own very unique kind of way. He was a great ambassador for racing. He really, really is. And for 
for WA in particular. So now that he has that profile on the East Coast that they will – we've always said it's pikey in the last, that's what they tune in for, but now I think they'll do it even more so throughout the early part of our meeting because they've got that connection now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's probably – he'd almost be WA's biggest sporting star at the moment. I mean, you could make a case for a lot of obviously the footy players and the, the cricketers and bus, but at the moment for pure, you know, joy and excitement and just for pure brilliance at their craft, I think, you know, William Pike has to be right up there in the discussion. I think Gareth Hall actually tweeted that he's rivaling Nick Nat to be uh, yes. the most yes, popular sorry. sports person in uh, in Western Australia. And uh, I think Nick Nat actually saw it and um, said he's already got him covered. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I think, um, yeah, I think Pike, uh, Pike might have been a blind, I'd suggest. And, yeah, just elite ride. <laughs> just uh, Goes elite. to go out and then just cuts I? the corner. Oh, as, as someone who might have had a dollar or two on um, <laughs> for about two months in advance, I had just a moment of – and you always have that watching Pikey. Like you're always – no matter how many times you see – and I must admit in the run I, I felt pretty comfortable. Mm. You could tell they were going mad. The moment too close to something didn't jump and had to take uh, cover in the 1-1. One, one. While that looks like a wonderful spot, I think too close to something's more of a grinder um, than a take a sit and get going into a race type thing. So early doors – my biggest worry early doors was that Truly Great had got across and um, got some cover and we didn't know Truly Great ceiling. So I thought, hang on, is, is Truly Great, is that the ride of the day? And is Clint Johnston Porter going to get it done here? But, I mean, at the top of the straight or six, 700 to go, you sort of thought, hang on, there's only one winner here. So, and he, uh, he backs himself, doesn't he? Most jockeys there just get to the outside, just desperate. We've got to get to the outside. We've got to get to the outside. Because a lot of that's the f- – I think a lot of that would be the fear of imagine going back inside mm. and you're going bang straight up that horse's ass, you know. Mm. But Pikey, maybe he knew. It was Red Cam Man rather than Material Man, and that was the stronger back to be on. Maybe he just thought I will be able to find a passage. I've done this that many times, but um, yeah, it takes I, I, a lot of yeah. bravery to go back inside. I just think he just backs himself yep. in. Like, but also watching that replay, have you ever like, – they went – so fast, and so but quick. have you seen a horse travel so strongly as Inspirational oh. Girl? He she was, hasn't been a strong traveler know, in the, the past. This is, this That's is, what threw me. Like I'm, you know, we've been talking up Inspirational Girl all year, basically. But there was like she hasn't been jumping. She she sort of haven't hasn't really been traveling that early in soft speed races. So I was like, okay, so what does Inspirational Girl look like on a high pressure race? Um, uh, and she was better. So much better. I think you see that with good horses as they elevate when they get to the better races because they get strong tempos and they can, I guess it brings their greatest asset into it. It's not just good horses, it's good trainers. You tell us, yeah. That has to be the stable though, yeah. Like it's just, it's it's phenomenal how how brilliant that performance was on, you know, and uh, I heard Vince Accardi on his podcast on Mondays, you know, saying that he, that inspirational girl is on the same trajectory as Arcady Queen, figures-wise. Which you know, is crazy to me because I, I was interviewed on Railway Morning for um, Melbourne Radio and I said, is she the next star to come out of the West? And I, I kind of said I hadn't thought of her that way earlier on in the year and obviously that's probably uh, wrongly after what we've seen her do. But Pikey sort of said the same thing, mm. that he thought that she was good but she wasn't like their superstars good and he couldn't believe how much stronger she was on Saturday to what he remembers sort of before he even left. So she's obviously taken that elevation. It was like a Formula One car, wasn't Mm. it? It was just uh, phenomenal, phenomenal. Terry. Before we move on from the railway, I'm just going to ask, just going to mention two names, Patristic and Driftstar. Was it Driftstar? Yes. Yeah, sorry, Patristic and Driftstar. What are are those two, mean? Their names? Mm. They're the two horses that have been inspirational girl. 
Oh, How's that? a little bit of a there's filler, a good yeah. and oh, West and Western. Oh, whole, Western Pride, Western yeah, Pride yeah, the two winners in yeah. Western Pride run yeah. third. If you'd day, asked so, me yeah. to actually think of it, they were the yeah, last two no, horses really that would have been you. in yeah. my mind. Yeah, exactly right, exactly right. I just got a message in a group chat the other day saying, Patristic beat the railway winner a couple of starts ago. Oh, you hang your okay. hat on that. Wow. So <laughs> it shows you, it does show you with that stable though, how much they really, I mean, they, they know what the grand final is and they know what they're targeting. Superstars, um, they're superstars yeah, as well. It's just, uh, it, it's, yeah, it, it's quite incredible. It's a bit of a consolation for us because I remember the day Spillanova kicked clear at the top of the straight We're and I out. thought nothing's going mm-hmm. to run him down. I was ready to count the cash. This is beautiful. That was all and, over. and sure enough, it was the inspirational girl who was bolting home and all of a sudden that's looked some. Um, Pretty nice form. She's hard to beat, aren't they? What, oh. a, what a what an operation! Um, and yeah, she's only she's what's she two fifty for the Kingston Town Classic now, and you would imagine that it would probably only bad luck or a significant peak from a horse like Too Close to Sun that could knock her off. But you quickly touched on the all female owned Watch Me Dance, mm-hmm. and what a story this is, not only for the horse and the stable, but for women in racing, racehorse ownership in general, like if we're if we're serious about promoting thoroughbred racing in Western Australia, Watch Me Dance and the the I guess the I guess the story and the plot behind uh, her as a horse and her ownership. That's that's the that's she's got to be the pinup girl, doesn't she? I Absolutely. mean, ticks all the boxes. She's she's raced in all the big races at two and three. She's now a um, Size Produce Stakes winner, Champion Phillies winner, WA Guineas winner. Two-year-old of the year. Two-year-old of the year. 16 uh, ladies own her in the, within the syndicate. Um, a lot of them hadn't really had much active participation in, in racing at all and now they're hooked. But also it was the first year of the Magic Millions Women in Racing bonus, which your stable – uh, one mm-hmm. didn't they? It'd been so the first, first mm-hmm. yeah, been the first horse home in the Magic Moons Two Year Old Classic last year. Brittany, you've been at the you've been at the coal face of this whole uh, initiative. Tell us, tell us more about it, and, and what what it, what did it feel like on Saturday to be a part of something probably greater than than us? You know, so it was, was so good because I've watched all of those ladies and got to know them so well from the very beginning. The beauty of that Magic Millions Ladies scheme is that they have uh, sort of three or four events in the lead up to the Magic Millions. So the other day we had a, a wine day, at, a wine tasting day at Mandoon and you get to know all the ladies and then we did a, a wagon wheels um, tour with the Clydesdales through the Swan Valley. So there were a lot of uh, experiences that were, that were put on in conjunction with Magic Millions and owners only to be able to reward the women for their participation within a horse. So before you even reached the track, all of us felt like winners anyway. If you if you had an all-ladies horse, you'd already sort of got your value in the events and the friendship and uh, the champagne enjoyed and, and <laughs> all of that. So to then see them and the progression that they've made. So at the start, a lot of these ladies knew nothing really about racing. They were annoyed at their husbands for <laughs> going to the races all the time. And so for the husband's wisdom, they've said, oh, hang on, I've bought you a horse. And my favourite thing on Saturday was the fact that all the husbands were on the side and uh, I was talking to them and I joked and said, hey, hey, out of the mounting yard, there's only ladies in this. They said, well, we pay for them. <laughs> um, I said, uh-uh, your name's not in the book. And uh and the, the ladies in Watch Me Dance, it's such a variety. You know, you go to, to Amy, who's a, quite young, and, and to some of the, the older ladies in the, the syndicate. And I, I know that they've all gone into now Hear Me Sing, yep. the brother. Um, 
and and I remember interviewing a few of the ladies. They said we're the the divorcee, the widowy, and the wannabe, and <laughs> you know that they were just like this wonderful group of people who are just having so much fun with their racehorse. Yeah, it looks like they're having a blast, doesn't? Mm. I mean, winning helps, <laughs> but I mean, even easy like, game for them. Yeah, even surveillance. I mean, yeah. that was a sixty. Is that a sixty thousand yeah. dollar bonus that they picked up? We, for, we picked up a hundred thousand that day. Yeah, for between the second prize money and. Um, and the bonus. So, yeah. for for a horse that is still a maiden, yeah. we've he owes us nothing really. We picked up a hundred thousand dollars on that day. And lady, tra- lady, all o- lady owned horses. There's a, I don't know, a different expectation with the ownership. Instead of it being all about winning and making money, they sort of come in with a new expectation, which is more about having fun. And I think sometimes that takes the pressure of it when you go to the races and. I've never seen women happier to run second as many times as surveillance has because, you know, they're happy there. Ha- we've all had a day out. We've enjoyed cheering him home and we know the win has to be around the corner. Mm. Well, watch me down. She's a super filly uh, to do do what she did and um, a couple of super rides too from Sean McGrady, two in a row, champion oh, fillies. And the, yeah, and the, I mean, good draws, but, yeah, did made all the right moves. Uh, she will head to the Kingston Town Classic with 50 kgs. Um, Can Sean ride 50? Yeah, he's. I think okay. he's going to be getting yeah. down to to ride her. Absolutely. Um, but j- just just on the old trainer Steve Wolf. Mm. Um, yeah, he's been such he's been such a such a, uh, influential figure in my professional life, and I was just so thrilled for him. All the hard work that he's 72. And sorry, Steve, but you are. Uh, and he, he burns up and down Albany Highway you know, every weekend, sometimes multiple times a week. He's got, you know, who knows how many horses in work. It's a huge operation. And for him to, to win a guineas was, was, was awesome. And for me personally, like you could probably understand this, Brit, and you as well, Terry, with your association with, with Dig Deep, when you're in them from the start, do you know what I mean? And you like you're, you don't know anything about Dig Deep when you purchase that share but you ride the whole way mm-hmm. with them like when it comes i um with my role with steve being the i'm just a middleman i just communicate with the owners and i also help uh, at yielding sales time um promote the horses and trying to try to get owners into the horse so red cat horses like red cam man and watch me dance from the moment st- they got knocked down to steve at the yielding sales i've i've been a part of that I've had a relationship with that particular horse, unnamed at the mm. time or whatever, and then you you ride the and when they when when they it's just so cool to be a part of that when you're there from the start and you watch and you, you all the ups and downs along the way and you know the people that missed out on the ownership, the people that balked at the pricing and now they're kicking them like there's so many different layers to it. It's um yeah I get I get a big thrill out of that sort of stuff and I'm sure you guys can can sort of um, understand where I'm coming from. Oh I think that's the best thing about uh, be it ownership or being involved in a stable from that perspective is because I guess as a punter you're invested for one day or or maybe you know multiple days depending on how long you you know give a horse before you sack them but for for an owner you're you're in from day one and you you get those updates or if you're in a stable you you watch their personalities unfold from the time you get them and you know, you, you form early day opinions, you know, you think, oh, this one's a really nice mover or this one's going to take time and and you just watch those opinions come to fruition, see which ones you're right or wrong about and that's the beauty of the journey and it, and it can be a long journey. You mm. do have to be patient but, uh, yeah, when you get a good one, you're very much rewarded. Absolutely. So, yeah, that was – it was just a belt of a day, wasn't it, Railway Stakes? So it was so good and, and hopefully we can uh, – 
carry that momentum through to Group One million dollar racing. The day after Railway Stakes Day, <laughs> not knowing Such it's three hundred and sixty-four. Yeah, one of my mates messages me the day after every every single year, and he says three hundred and sixty-four more sleeps. It's happening. He's messaging. Oh, it's actually James. It's amazing how much because when I was growing up, Perth Cup Day was just the day, the event. And it's amazing how much the, it's it's shifted, and now railway stakes is just is just such a huge fixture on the WA racing sporting calendar. Uh, brilliant work by everyone involved. And speaking of brilliant work, Terry, you probably mm-hmm. need to thank everyone who helped us out with our one year anniversary extravaganza last week. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a serious episode, wasn't it? There was a fair bit happening, fair bit to uh, fair bit to chew and digest. But uh, thank you, firstly, the Raffles Hotel for putting us on and uh, being very hospitable. We actually, Pete and uh, a couple of others came down as well. Managed to just hang around for another five hours after the <laughs> podcast ended. So, uh, thank you to Raffles, but thank you to Cripper, uh, Pistol Pete. Anthonitz, do you want to get that one for me, BJ? Oh, Anthonitz, Anthonitz, <laughs> it's so hard to say. Pistol. <laughs> Uh, Chris Nation, who uh, who is doing a tremendous job with the track, of course. Luke Fernie with Miss Frost as well, winning. That was a that was a cracking story as well. He's uh, he's been letting us know a little bit this week that uh, he's now a black tight winning trainer. As well. <laughs> and of course, William Pike, who uh, who can uh, can come on whenever he likes. So thanks to everyone for for coming on last week. It was uh, a cracking episode. Yeah, we had some of WA's WA Racing's most influential people. That's for sure on last week's. Uh, episode episode 52 um our one year anniversary and um uh, speaking of influential pretty taylor has joined us here at the one one today terry would you say number 28 type thing <laughs> just quietly off here for those that don't know there was a a list of the uh top 50 most influential people it should be called people or families or groups or conglomerates um and no the one one pod wasn't in there um there's been a letter sent outrageous you were um, number 51 um, but Brittany was just saying off air she probably won't say it on air she was actually pretty dirty she wasn't in the top couple so brit um yeah talk to us about that first i of all. definitely never said that <laughs> you heard it didn't you Peter? no BJ, yeah. <laughs> be truthful. <laughs> we, um, we, yeah, I think if you're reframing the market, I think Brittany mm. might get pushed up a bit oh, higher yeah. in the order to scale. Very stiff. It was good because it got people talking. It sure did. Mm. It sure has. And um, but uh, but yeah, like Brittany Taylor is one of the the shining lights of West Australian racing and now Australian racing through her her deeds um, over the Flemington Carnival for the last two years. Is that right, yeah. Brittany? So. Yeah. I'm sure 99% of our listeners know who you are and know your work and uh, are well across everything that you do and, and all that you contribute towards the great game. But for those of uh, those who don't know, would you like to run us through a bit of your background, uh, your racing journey that brings you here with us today? Okay. Well, uh, well, Lockie was on the – my brother Lockie was on the podcast and kind of gave the family history, but obviously uh, my grandparents were trainers, dad – uh, was a, a jockey when I was born, now a trainer. And so we were very much grown up within the industry. And with that being said, mum always kind of wanted us to be have other avenues, so pushed us into other things, not so that we were just racing kids. But from sort of the age of 12, I, I wanted to earn pocket money and I had to work to do it. So every Sunday I worked at the farm from the age of 12 and I've never stopped um, and I'm now 26. So... Uh, I've, I've always worked there through school. It was just on weekends. And then when I went to uni, it was riding track work in the mornings because it was the perfect job that I could uh, be sort of be finished by nine and head off to uni. And uh, e- even after graduating and getting employment outside of it, I've, I've always 
stayed within the family business because uh, I love what I do and you know for so often when I started in the media space everyone kind of asked the question oh which one do you prefer do you prefer being hands-on with the horses or the media fashion side of things and I said the beauty is you can do both and I think um that's the thing I love the most is that you you don't have to pick one side or another and you are able to um, do both and that's what I'm able to do now is combine my work uh, on, on TV and um, various other sort of ambassador type of roles um, with still working at the stable and, um, yeah, it's a perfect job really. Very busy human being, Brittany. <laughs> um, just before you delve a little bit deeper into your racing stuff you went to uni you completed a degree in at commerce with the major in public relations so i think that's helped me along the way i bet um just with sort of personal branding and sort of knowing how you want to put yourself forward and and i'm always just sort of thinking of ideas in in racing and you know how can we improve how can we bring it to new audiences and I think that comes from sort of the public relations brain that just constantly ticks and that uh, I think of things at all hours of the night or just jot something down and think oh yeah could we do that could that work from you know the the own the dream competition that started up a few years ago to you know going out to schools with horses and, and letting you know kids actually touch horses because that's you know you ask people how did you get involved in racing and usually someone has a story of you know their uncle's neighbor had a horse in the backyard and that's how they first had their first interaction or you know grand pop used to take them to the races and these days I think that's waning people are living on smaller and smaller blocks they don't have that interaction with the horse so I think we're possible where we can bring the horse to people that's really good and um and so I guess yeah my public relations degree has always just helped me keep those things sort of front of mind did you work outside did you say you worked outside of racing after graduating or have you not not really yeah. um I, I did a little bit of work outside of racing i was running a business um a dental business at the time um but still doing that with uh racing stuff as well so i've never really had a a normal job i've always worked for myself and had my own um business so um yeah all my work in the media is just as a contractor yeah. um i'll be able to help settle an argument sorry yeah but in where, how often are you meant to have a scale and claim <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question. My my role was um a, a t- it was in teeth whining uh, of okay. all things, and then about oh, I would have been working this maybe I don't know doing running it for a year, and um and then a horse smashed my teeth. So uh, oh, it was a uh, quite ironic that uh, that that had happened, and yeah, I don't think I've been back since. <laughs> Gee, that must have been a traumatic episode for you, Brittany. Bloody oh, it, it it wasn't wasn't great. Yeah, um, Oh, this was only two years ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long. Yeah, yeah, probably, oh, yeah, two or three years ago, I'd say. Um, yeah, it was actually, no, it must have been, th- I don't know, either two or three. It was in around March, I think, and it was actually, I was due to start on Sky for the first time here at Ascot that week. And um, I was just, I was riding a horse and um, it sort of. Do you want to name said horse? Say, you're name yeah, the who's, who, who's the culprit? He's not in the stable anymore. He was no very slow and went to Geraldton. It was a grey horse whose name escapes me. Um, I, yeah, he. I thought it would be tattooed on your brain. No, <laughs> eradicated him from my brain pretty quickly. Yeah, and he, he just played up and sort of went and put his head between his legs and uh, so I reefed his head up and he just overreacted and come sort of right through and cleaned Ooh. up my head. And, yeah, it broke my jaw. My three teeth all just sunk right back into, um, yeah, into the, the back of my head really. And um, 
And so I yeah, quickly went to the dentist and I hadn't had any painkillers. I uh, Instagram storied the whole thing, just laughing and, and whatever. So it wasn't as painful as probably what you imagine that to be. And then they just held my head still and pushed it all back into place. And then sure. I had to have braces for the next three months and I was just starting on Sky. And so it was like the worst thing, you know, you're, you're just looking forward to your first job on TV and uh, <laughs> have to rock up with braces on the first day and um, luckily enough, they eventually came off and um, they look sort of just as they did beforehand, so it was all right. got to love the horses though, don't you, ah. like to, to put up with all that. So your love of horses, obviously, it's in your blood, family and all that. When did you start riding thoroughbreds, as in track work, working for your dad? Yeah, not until um, not until high, uh, no, beyond high school. It was, it was at uni actually. So I, I learned to ride just through pony club as a kid. And I'd kind of given it away throughout high school. I wasn't riding anymore. And I thought, oh, I would like to get back into it. And I was going to sign up to a few more lessons. And Dad said, don't be so stupid. It costs that much money and we've got that many horses. Go jump on Oreo, um, which is Lord Baltazar. And so uh, I, I just started riding him and um, and then Dad just kept throwing me on horses. And I think that's why I loved New Time so much is because he'd been there sort of from the start of me riding. He was my first gallop, my first, you know, everything, the, the to go from a big saddle to a little saddle, he was there throughout all those sort of, you know, milestones. And, yeah, I just sort of started riding throughout. It hasn't actually been that long, mm. really. Um, but, yeah, throughout uni and then just continued on. Did you when his 100th start? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And that actually, that one was like. favourites. That was when, that's probably one of my, the one of the best moments I've ever had mm. on a racetrack. And it was just a no metro win. Kate Witten. Kate Witten, right? Yeah. It was the apprentice's horse by the end, wasn't it? Yeah, he was. I think he had about Emma 20. Stanton, a few, yeah. quite a few apprentices. I think he had 20 apprentice riders throughout his I think, career. I, I think mm. Freddie Kersley, Fred W. Kersley, his very had his first, first ride, ride at Northern. He ran, went, ran in the car park. Mm. I was ready to remind him throughout the Melbourne Cup Carnival. I, you know, <laughs> I could hear him ranging up in the derby. And I thought, oh, he was on hit the shot. I thought he could really win this. <laughs> and I thought, I'll just Jeez, remind. It's a, it's a long time. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll just remind you, hey, Freddie, remember your first ride. <laughs> you rode in the car park on New Time. <laughs> it was supposed to be a steer around too, wasn't it? Oh, it was. Yeah. Because he was, it was just a jump to the front yeah. and just keep going sort of force. But yeah. for, for that to be, we set him for that. I remember 12 weeks out, I wrote him every single day and I filmed a video a day. And I actually said, project, raise the bat, starts now. And I've got the video on my phone still and, um, yeah, for say 12 weeks later, he was uh, able to win at his 100th start. It was just everything. Very, very cool. So what's your, what's your actual racing stuff been like? So you've, where you, um, you said that, that Sky was your first sort of TV gig, but what were you just sort of doing before that? What was your progression? And, and I guess um, what exactly are your contract roles like to, to this day? Most of the things that I started with, I haven't really stopped. So mm. a lot of the stuff that I do today is what I started with. And that was with um, Tab Touch Online. I was doing some content pieces, uh, you know, just either videos or audio previews or written previews and things like that on race day, just providing sort of a behind the scenes, I guess a little bit more of what the races WA does now, but they weren't doing it back then is, um, you know, taking the camera inside the jockey's room and having a chat and talking through the, the weighing out process or going to the barriers and just talking to the behind the scenes people or in the stalls and just giving people a look into the behind the scenes of racing that they normally wouldn't. So I was just doing a lot of digital kind of stuff. And 
And then I started on the Sports Daily doing one hour of radio on a Monday with Anything Goes and um, I did that right up until Dad's accident and then I just couldn't um, afford to be away on a Monday because we had no staff. Um, so I gave that away and, um, yeah, they were they were mainly that, those sort of roles that started. It was mainly just either digital stuff or a little bit of radio until um, that led to being able to work with Sky. So – We've seen, yeah, we've listened to you on radio. We've seen you locally on, as you said, all the digital channels and Sky. How did the Channel 10 gig come about? Um, I just got an email. It was one of those sort of, I had it in my head that it was something that I would love to do. In fact, when we did the Sky Academy, uh, which is a one-week intensive course over at Sky and French's Forest that a, a number of us who have worked in racing media have been lucky enough to go to and when I worked there, we had to. When I was there for that week, they wrote we had to write um, our dream role in racing, and I said to work on a Melbourne Cup coverage. And two years later, I got an email saying, "Hey, can you send through your number? We'd like to have a chat to you about something." And um, the, a man at Channel Ten called me and and just sort of asked what my interest levels would be. And you know, you try to not two weeks. Like, oh yeah, let me. <laughs> don't think I'm doing anything the first week of November. Okay, um, and uh, yeah, it was sort of just that's how it started and they just they, firstly they had a conversation with me about what I would actually like to do would I like to be in the yard doing more of like a pick of the yard situation would I prefer to be on the horse and the discussion I had with them was that I think a huge part of looking at horses in the yard is about profiling them and I think Jane Ivel at racing.com does that so well already in Melbourne I felt like I'd be on a hiding to nothing to come in and do that having not seen the horses week in week out I mean, I could do it. And I said, I can tell you what I think of them on the day, but I could tell you something sweating up chronically. And Jane can be on another channel saying, oh, it does that every single week and it's one every week in doing that. So I'm not too fussed about that. So I just felt like I could be on a little bit of a hiding to nothing in doing that. And I thought there was probably more responsibility in telling the story of the winning cup rider and, and making sure you do mo that, that moment real justice. And so I kind of probably had that leaning towards doing that and then they they said, okay, we'll watch what you do on Saturday um, at Ascot or Belmont, wherever we were. I think we are at Belmont actually. And I was, I was out riding on the horse doing the post-race interviews for that Saturday and uh, they said, oh, we'll watch you and then we'll give you a call back. And I was that nervous for the Saturday. I thought, oh, I bet you I stuff everything up because they'll be watching. And, in fact, before I think I even did the Saturday, I think they called on Friday and said, you know what, we've, we've heard enough, we're happy. Would you like to come on? Um and uh, sent over a contract and we're away. So last year was your first? Yeah. yeah so that was uh, Craig Williams yeah. was the first Melbourne so Cup winning So I didn't need to jockey. say anything. <laughs> yeah. That, I was going to say you had a bit of a leg up there. But So you, did you do all four days last year? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, so you've got all four days with the packed Flemington race course. Would have just been magical, mm. magical time. And then now you've got the the complete sort of – um, upside down version of it where the COVID version where um, as you said earlier in the podcast there was no uh, there was no patrons there was no owners all that sort of stuff and um, and you got to interview Jai McNeil after the Melbourne, Melbourne Cup this year after his winning ride also and we spoke about this with Lockie I think on the podcast how cool it would be if you got a chance to interview William Pike mm -hmm. and that came to fruition a couple of times it was the best yeah. because when I mean 
when you see someone over there from WA, there's this whole new feeling, you know, when I first saw Willie walking into the track, he's like, hey, like, you know, he hadn't seen anyone from WA in, in ages. So, you know, we had a good chat before he'd even been out there and, and when he won, he said, I would have been devastated if uh, I'd gone all week without being able to to talk to you. And um, so when I was able to interview him and especially on that very, it was the very last interview I yeah. was doing on Oaks yeah. Day and uh it, it just had this really great feeling to it where, you know, I was able to reference his kids and, and let them know, you know, dad's coming home, this is it, he's done a sensational job, but WA, you know, the king's coming back. And, uh, yeah, it was just that nice sign-off and it worked really well because obviously I was exiting the coverage that day too and falling one day short so I could be back for railway. Uh, so it was just the perfect end, um, but it's just, yeah, it was just so familiar, it was nice. Will you be back? Yes, yeah. Yep. Nope, so I'll be back on next year, which is great. Excellent, excellent. So before you get into our hard-hitting segment, <laughs> otherwise known as uh, 10 with Terry, I guess, you know, it's a bit of a silly question, but what does is, what is the, the future look like for Brittany Taylor? Is it you, is it a West Australian thing or uh, I'm sure there's networks, East Coast banging down the door to with offers of um, job opportunities and career up pathways and things like that? What's, what's the future look like for Brittany Taylor? It's interesting. I'm I love what I do and I love um, how diverse my work is at the moment and, and my biggest thing within racing is to want to make a difference and, and that's whether it's in broadcast, that's whether it's in my role in the you know promotion of ownership and other various initiatives but I, I just want to be able to do everything I can in all different arenas and get the full experience, um, you know, even, you know, in, in buying and owning my own horses I want to be able to breed horses pin hook and sell and and just do every little element that this industry can offer I want to have a crack so for as as long as I'm getting the opportunity to do different things I, I'm happy and to keep raising the bar so I don't know specifically what that will look like but uh, you know I, I say yes to every opportunity and um, just like to fit as much as I can into a week. WA Racing is very fortunate to have you on board, Brittany. And um, and now I will hand over to the guru, <laughs> 10 with Terry. All right. Uh, here we go. Mrs. Number 28. Uh, you ready? Ready. Okay. Uh, we'll start. Oh, we'll, take <laughs> it nice and we'll take it nice and easy on you. 28. That's still a travesty, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, we'll get to that later. One of the great, uh, one of the great mysteries of oh, the turf. One, one of, one of the greatest. Uh, who's the best horse uh, you've ever had the pleasure of sitting on? Uh, well, I wasn't lucky enough to ride the Hayless Barracky and Magnificio era, uh, so on exposed form, I'd probably have to say Caracapo. Okay, get to Caracapo in a second. Uh, we saw your little post-race celebration. We all did uh, with Point Taken. <laughs> Which was recorded. Now, is she your favourite horse in the yard? And if not, who is? No, she's far from my favourite. That's oh, the funny wow. thing. There's plenty ahead yeah, of her. Like that must have been I would like to see the celebration. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. Yeah, fill up. Brittany got cut off from every agency after that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know what? The weirdest thing is I'm so far from a dancer. I have two left feet. Like I'm oh, the person at a bar on, who will sit on. in the corner because I don't want to. Like, my friends make fun of me because I'm just not – Just I have no rhythm – and I don't know where that came from. It was a total out-of-body experience. And Who was responsible for that? Well, the, there was 
the camera was just, just rolling, rolling. Yeah. and I didn't know because that's just our broadcast spot. Yeah. So no one was behind the camera, no one, and they're just in the truck, just <laughs> laughing. laughing. And they sent it to me about a week later. And I thought, oh no, like, I just had no idea I'd even done it. So um, it was so good because it was in the run. It was a hundred to one. Like, mm. She uh, couldn't win in the run. She couldn't possibly. I think that's probably what made you celebrate that little bit more. And uh, yeah, I think that's just, what it was. It was that that, that whole ride of emotions yep. where I went, oh no, she can't win, can't win, duh. and then all of a sudden, hang on, hang on, hang on, and that's what it come from behind sort of victory does to you I guess but no uh she's she's not my favorite she's a sweet little thing but um surveillance is probably my my favorite yeah he's just oh he's one of a kind he's got a real real personality he's the perfect lady's horse because he's the biggest show off the second you get a camera out he'll play up for the camera, prick his ears. Uh, he just came back into work on Monday actually and even just riding him, Dad got out the camera and we were just trotting and then there was some sprinklers on and he lifted his tail he started cantering through the sprinklers because he saw Dad was recording and he's just, he's just got so much personality. I just adore mm. him. Sounds a bit like you, BJ. <laughs> uh, speaking Hardly. of post-race celebrations, Brittany, uh, like many of us, I know you enjoy your uh, annual pilgrimage. To the uh, to the Kalgoorlie race for <laughs> and you you enjoy the unique nightlife um, a little bit down there. You're more of an exchange hotel or gold bar type of girl. Oh, um, do you know the name of the two of them at that stage no, of proceedings? I don't know. <laughs> which one? Which one has like the pool table out the back? Uh, gold bar. Is it? Yeah, gold bar. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's my. Prefer- oh no, no, the exchange. So that's the exchange. The gold bars. Darker. The exchange is more of a bar type thing. I'm going to pretend I don't have as in depth an knowledge. As <laughs> I know which one I prefer, but I don't know the which name is table. which. Right. Yeah, that one. Um, for all Indian Pacific backers out there, do you feel any form of remorse for scratching Karakana? Oh, I know. I thought was it Kriva who put up the the gif? Yeah. Where, oh, that was so funny. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, Condor Heroes is going to set it alight. We know what happened with Indian Pacific sort of chasing last time that happened. So yes. So sorry about that. But no I'm f- remorse? No, okay. I think I think he's in a better race. Uh, we've seen you interview the winners of Group 1 winning trainers and jockeys, both at home uh, and over east. Um, but Luke Fernie still claims he's the biggest name you've ever had the <laughs> honour of interviewing. Can you uh, officially dispel this theory? Yes, okay, I good. can. Uh, <laughs> King of the Goldfields, <laughs> not of as Australia. As an avid, sorry, look, that's all the time you're getting. I will say, though, uh, Peter Fernie, We'll, we'll, we'll encapsulate with the Fernie family. Mm-hmm. Very high rating on the most influential. I think he might have been about coming in about nineteenth yeah. or something like that. Were so they seventeenth or nineteenth? No, 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 not yet. No, Luke didn't. Oh, uh, oh no, didn't Luke get didn't a, didn't a mention. No, he's filthy as well. Black tight winning train now. Uh, as an avid listener, I'm sure you're ready for this one. Uh, pineapple on your steak sandwich. Well, I am a bit disappointed mm. because I haven't had the opportunity to taste test the. Uh, pineapple on the steak sandwich, but I'm a big fan of pineapple in general. I'll just buy it in those little buckets that you get at no, the shop. A, so I would say that I would be a yes to the pineapple. A, that's a big tick then. And you did, uh, there was a little uh, little packet of macaroons here for the uh, for the team today. So that's uh, a bit of a consolation prize, I guess. It is. There won't be any left. If no, anyone that knows me knows if you put is. some sweets around, they won't last for very long. Um, there is a fairly strong rumour floating about that you were pretty filthy that uh, Lockie was on the podcast before you. Confirm or deny? Deny. Oh, okay. Not a jealous sister. No, no. Okay. I don't know if I believe that one. <laughs> uh, I can't uh, imagine there was ever a time in uh, in B Taylor's life that her career path didn't involve something uh, equine orientated. Uh, but if so, what would it have been? I always wanted to be a TV presenter. I wanted to be a travel presenter. Travel presenter? Yeah. That was in it. particular? Getaway. Yeah, that was, that, that was yeah. it. It was the getaway sort of yeah. thing in, in my year seven graduation slideshow we had to say what we wanted to be and I had travel presenter down. Where would you like to travel to to present in most? Oh, 
I've been I've been to a fair few places. At the moment, just anywhere. <laughs> yeah, anywhere would do at the moment. Um, I really like to go to South Africa. South Africa. Yeah, do the safari there. Okay. Um, this is one that's come in late, so bear with me. This is a bit of a true or false one. So a reputable source um, oh, no. has told me that you might be the world's messiest person. Um, <laughs> this reputable source definitely isn't your brother, by the way. Um, is it true that you've got a five-seater car, but you can only actually fit one person in it because of the <laughs> amount of junk and rubbish in that vehicle? Uh, that would be incorrect. In fact, my car is parked at the front. Well. Anyone can come have a look. And all five seats are available because I thought I had to drive Michael Heaton to Bunbury on sa- Sunday when we were doing the coverage so i cleaned it <laughs> okay all right there might be a bit of a blue between that the taylor household tonight uh and finally another one geez lucky's getting a fair run here isn't he finally uh is it true that uh with your brother's growing media career and his commitments um that you're now being referred to as lucky taylor's sister absolutely it is oh i like that that's <laughs> good stuff he is uh yeah, he's just taking all my jobs now. He's uh, he's he's doing a tremendous job too, isn't he? Yeah, Early, he is. uh, yeah, he's a natural. The Taylor uh, the Taylor clan are all uh, are all naturals in the, in that sense. But anyway, thanks for uh, dealing with me. Oh, that was okay. Yeah. I was I was nervous. Yeah, yeah. I thought we'd take it easy on you. I felt bad about the steak singer, so I thought I'd be yeah. a little bit uh, a little bit easy on you there. That was uh, a lot easier. One than on I one on the one one with uh, with Terry and Brittany there. Um, just on Lockie, last mention of Lockie, I think. I think we'll scrap <laughs> him after this. Uh, I did tune in randomly, not randomly. I was in my car listening to racing radio from the yard. He said we'll we'll be backing point taken. And then she uh, came out and won at like sixteen, mm. seventeen, eighteen dollars. So, tip of the hat. That was that was very good. That was two two starts ago yeah. when she won. There's the one thing. He's always you know really honest, particularly with our own stable. If we're if he's always been told if you're backing them yourself, then make sure you're tipping them as well because you want to be as you know transparent as possible with everyone. And I think he's really actually got a really good eye. He tipped Utgard Loki the other day. He yeah, messaged me just too, before yeah. it and said. Mm-hmm. He look, Justin looks like he's poured the work into this horse um, and obviously finished seconds. But, uh, yeah, he, he just he noticed that there, was, there had been that fitness improvement and, uh, yeah, I think he's doing a really good job. Very good. Last thing before we move on to the preview, Peter Fernie came in at number 15, Terry. So oh. I short-changed him a couple there, oh. but uh, number 15 on, on the list. If so. you had Luke attached, it would have been top 10, I'm sure. Yeah, 100%. Mm. So, um, okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Winterbottom Stakes Day. We are recording the 1-1, your West Australian racing podcast at beautiful Ascot Racecourse on, uh, where are we? We're at 12.30 now on Thursday, the 26th of November. We're, we're racing at Narragin today. We're about to dissect 10 races on day two of the Masters Series at Ascot on Saturday, while the weekend will finish up on the Crayfish Coast with eight events at Geraldton on Sunday. Uh, stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotel's WA Racing Mastermind uh, and the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competition also don't forget about our get summer ready with betfair promotion tweet at the one one pod who you think will win saturday's winter bottom stakes and a betfair starting price to be in contention to win a much sought after i must say very popular betfair summer merch pack um, we were overwhelmed with entries last week, so thanks everyone su- for supporting the promotion. Congrats to last week's Get Summer Ready Railway Stakes winner, Max Shepard. His inspirational girl $2.72 prediction was only one cent away from the official BSP, so good on you, Max. Well done. And finally, uh, 
Big congrats again to Brett Ersig or Mr. Sensitive as he's known on Twitter. He cleaned up in our Market City Meets Group 1 Meat Pack giveaway. Brett takes home over $200 worth of the finest from the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, Terry. Yeah, no, big uh, big effort there from Brett and uh, big late money for Inspirational Girl too to come into $2.72. The way the track was playing, we were um, just saying before, the way the track was playing and suiting those closer to the speed and the fact there'd been a bit of a wobble for uh, Inspirational Girl from probably $3.30 to close to $4 bucks, um, from barrier draw to, to post. I thought the money might keep going even at that stage of proceedings and Too Close to Sun continued to firm, but uh, went the other way and... Um, they knew. They certainly <laughs> they did. Do. If you'd like to read my pre-markets preview, the leg up, apologies, but you cannot. I took the week off with family commitments, but there is still plenty of quality racing content on yeah. best <laughs> Can be out there on railway day just hours oh, after on, little Harry's born. Jeez. <laughs> uh, Can't yeah. throw a few sentences together for the got, loyal leg up. You got me there. Um, yeah, plenty of quality racing content on bestbets.com.au and the Oz Race website, while two of the very, very best Terry Layton, the Perth Racing Guru, and Daniel Cripps are back with their powers combining for the Wild West video preview, which available on the Betfair hub, betfair.com.au. Also, speaking of Betfair, make sure you're up to date with their new mobile app available for iOS and Android users. Be sure to sharpen your edge with the latest from Betfair. Also, BJ, the 1-1 one, one is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks, Terry. Let's get cracking on our Winterbottom Stakes Day preview. The rail is out in the five-metre position. Fine, uh, what do we got? A maximum of 22, partly cloudy, uh, some light winds westerly, tending southwesterly throughout the day. Uh, there's been no rainfall this week and um, looks like we're going to be – the track was lightning, lightning fast at mm. um, on railway stakes day. So I imagine it's going to be um, maybe not as quick, but similarly expecting a um, you know a very good track, a uh, very good surface prepared by the best in the business in Chris Nation. Terry, what are your thoughts on uh, how the track's going to play? Winter bottom stakes day. Uh, we'll just go in allowing for a completely fair surface, uh, five meters, moderate southwesterlies, uh, nice mid twenties day. Uh, long day, long day. It's about a six-hour day, as I'm sure you'll be, uh, yeah, you'll be feeling by the end of the day, Brits, yep. uh, in the mounting yard. Yeah. But um, no, I think we're just going to completely allow for a fair track and not have any preconceived ideas. AJ. Yeah, just just to quickly before we move forward, just quickly touch on just how fast the track was last week. I'm pretty sure Inspirational Girls Railway was. Just about the second fastest in history, and on, from a raw data point of view, from from Vince Accardi's daily sectionals, uh, the raw time was 14 lengths faster than standard for mm. the Ascot mm. Mile. So, um, yeah, he had to peel it back, obviously, considering uh, from an IVR rating point of view to to factor in the I guess wind and just how fast the track was. But pure numbers, that was 14 lengths quicker than average. So. Um, the they track flew. Was, they flew. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. You can always get an indication of that early on when horses are fence heavy are dominating, on speed are dominating as well, and that's what we saw early at Ascot. So they usually, I mean, the jockeys and everyone gets a sort of a feel for that as the day proceeds and we see more pace go into races. And, All of a sudden they overcompensate yeah, and exactly then it, right. it swings. That's exactly right. But it, it's wild. The Ascot 
seven days earlier was finished with a heavy nine, Brittany. Oh. What was what were you, what were you doing out here? <laughs> no, I was in quarantine. That oh, was, yeah, of it was you the were. best yeah. thing ever. You missed the, missed the deluge. I know, and I very rarely, well, actually, never get to sit at home on a Saturday. So I was enjoying it from a racing point of view, just being able to uh, actually just watch racing on the TV. But when it was pouring down, I just thought, oh, <laughs> how, good, how good is this? Uh, and just for just for it to be so heavy mm. and then seven la- days later to be so fast, remarkable stuff. So, um, yeah, congrats to everyone involved with the preparation of this particular race service. So let's get started. Race one is the Tourism WA Trophy 1,000-metre race for the three-year-olds, set weights and penalties. Terry, kick us off. Uh, well, I was hoping you'd throw to Brittany here. I haven't got Brittany, uh, I kick haven't, us off. Yeah, kick, us, kick us off, Britt. I haven't got a really strong opinion in the first. Um, I haven't got a strong opinion in all 10 races. I think okay. if you can find a winner or two, you're on very good terms with yourself because, I mean, this opening race is very open. There's plenty of speed in it. I, oh, speed. Yeah, Oof. plenty of speed. Oh, I thought Martin Allen's always said Madame Torio back or at Ascot would be a superior horse, not only given the, the length of the straight and uh, – her sort of racing manner, but just the fact of being on top of the ground, even though she's won on the soft, he thinks that she'll be so much better equipped. 1,000-metre horse for 1,000-metre race. Skips clear on the bend and proves hard to run down, I think, but without a whole good degree of confidence. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I think if Madame Torio can cross our Danny Champagne Diva, Sassy Trader and Janora, which I think um, I think she can. I think she's quick in them. I think she'll be pretty hard to run down. If it is Sassy Trader that's got her back, though, I do think Sassy Trader might have the most scope um, out of that pair, but at 3 bucks, 350 in your market. So I uh, think I'll just be warming into the day, BJ, without an investment. Yeah, Madame Torio and Sassy Trader, the obvious two main winning chances and the, the market agrees. I'm going to uh, side with my old mate Steve Wolf, Toscana. Mm. This filly's been really, really impressive. Bit of a surprise packet actually. Um, the jury was a touch out on her last preparation but she's um, she's just gone through the roof uh, this time in work. Unbeaten, she's admittedly, she's coming from the deep Great Southern she won on debut very impressively at Mount Barker. Then for a three-year-old filly, did a really good job against older horses stepping into a, a class two. The speed was on. She wasn't even she wasn't able to find the, the fence, so she showed a bit of versatility on the uh, – sorry, find the fence in front on mm. that occasion. So she showed a bit of versatility, did Toscana. Um, really liked the way that she attacked the line. So she's coming off two dominant sort of great southern victories. I believe she can – I don't think this is a – this is a high-quality race by any means. Eight-horse field. The draw is potentially sticky, but it's only a thousand-meter race, so it's only really that one bend to um, to handle. They drop her out the last, just about. Don't know. They're going to go. They're going to go super quick, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I, I just think if spots if, should open up. Yeah, if Shawnee can slot in, maybe get a touch of cover. Uh, I reckon Toscan is a horse on the way up. Um, Old Wolf's training super, super well. This horse is. Um, you don't see many horses just go bang, bang like that in such dominant fashion. So I think she can come to town and measure up for sure. Mm-hmm. Mischievous Diva is one that will appreciate uh, the tempo in the race. Run third to Clairvoyance an all-day session on debut. Recent trial was really nice. So could be one to finish over him, but uh, I won't tip every 
horse in the race. And we'll she just looks a bit green on. still, doesn't she? But she certainly she's, does. she's the one that, but she's taken gaps and stuff as in the past as well. But the, I guess the nose roll goes on. Hopefully that can just. She looks like she almost jumps at shadows, changes legs. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, it looks really green. But if, if she a, switches on, going to be a filly of the future, I think. I think so too. Steve, yeah, she's a showcasing out of an um, so another, I guess, a New Zealand bred. Um, and Alan Matthews just does so well with his fillies and mares, doesn't he? Especially with time. So well, she gets the sit on them. She she will be finishing strong. So okay, race two is the Amelia Park Handicap, fourteen hundred meters. Uh, it's a it's a rating seventy one plus. Actually, I've had to raise the minimum here. And uh, Team Taylor has Laurentinio. Terry has has had a, quite a strong connection with Laurentinio <laughs> over the have. journey. Do, can you find him in this one or is he going to need the run first? We've up, had an up and down. Well, I think we should probably ask Brittany if we can find uh, Laurentinio here. Personally, I think this might be a little bit deep first up, but um, Britt, how's Laurentinio travelling into this? Well, he was actually my first gallant back on Monday, mm. so uh, he was one of my first rides back. We and uh, you back. Very, very happy with him. He galloped with more aces and the pair of pretty notoriously lazy sort of track workers. So uh, they really switched on nicely together and most importantly his recovery was really good uh, for a first up run. He was actually meant to run last week and then we decided to save him another week, which meant he was actually ready to go last week. So he's just an, an extra gallop has probably helped him be relatively forward first up. He'll obviously improve on whatever he does, ours all do, but uh, I think he's forward enough to run a good race if he gets the right run, just that Barrier could be a tiny bit sticky. There's a little bit of pace drawn inside us. If he gets the right run, I think at a big price he can play a role in the finish. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what actually happens there. Mia Dolce, I think, up to the 1,400. I think in, in some recent barrier trials and barrier trials the last six months with Mia Dolce, they've actually looked to take a sit. So mm-hmm. I'm not expecting that they're going to go forward and try and turn it on with Mia Dolce. And I think the Fugazi led the Peters uh, last week or the week before, fortnight ago, Purely, land just landed in front. Well, they planned to leave. That yeah. was always it was always a plan. But they had uh, they were proactive with looking at the market, uh, looking at the sorry, looking at the speed map and saying, well, there's no other speed in this. It's a Group Three. This could be our way of a throw of the stumps to get into a railway stake. So, I think the Fugazi, a better horse, landing on the back of the leader. Whether that leader ends up being position or power or Kelvin, I still think it means Laurentino has a chance of landing somewhere near the one-one, maybe a pair further back, depending how much um, Jason wants to sort of gas him first up but um geez i think this is going to be a, a rails in run race with the fugazi and then either a pair or another pair further back true attraction really um coming together to fight it out fugazi's not one of mine it hasn't been over the journey but i really think um he just ticks all the boxes here um as i said no, i don't think he was suited to leading in the rj peters thought his effort um, first up from a tick over a year off the circuit behind Luke's Gold on a track where the rail probably wasn't the superior um, part of proceedings by that stage of the day, as, as often happens late in the day. I thought his run, while probably not as aesthetically pleasing as True Attraction, wasn't um, all that much inferior. Gets a nice weight swing from True Attraction from the Peters and the way Sean McGrady's riding and the way Sean McGrady's riding good horses from good gates at the moment, you just know he's going to get every chance. So I've actually found the Fugazi on top. Mm, you've been spending, you have been spending a lot of time at the Ganjimi well, Rock Magic. Well, yeah, yeah. wait, wait till I start tipping Condor Heroes <laughs> later. Uh, I will also, and I say this quite often, Sean McGrady, not, and I, obviously I watch him a lot being um, my brother-in-law, but also because he rides for Steve Wolf a lot. But he, you watch him a lot. Watch, that. watch his riding just a lot. Just a family barbecue, <laughs> just sit there and stare at him. Stare, or? yeah, just <laughs> analyse him. No, he's getting horses out of the gates. I don't think there's anyone 
better. Now that's a, might be a big call, but he is superb at getting horses mm-hmm. to begin, and um, that's one of his absolute um, strengths as as a rider. He um, you don't see it's very rare you see a horse miss the start with Sean McGrady. He's very very proactive out the gates and make sure that he tries to take up a, as much of a prominent running position as possible. Obviously, the Fugazi for everything that Terry mentioned is a major player. He um, I know what you're trying to say with that first up run. It, it was a sort of a slowly it was a slow burn at that stage and he was sort of bottled up whereas yeah. whereas the horses that ran one two three i think were moved into the race with momentum didn't they they were luke's gold moshard and royal command, command and fagazi well, yeah. had to sort of just wait and just when the gap came he sort of quickened and was only a length and a half off off the winner and, and again he's landed in front in a peters and um boxed on quite well into into fourth where did nerf box bosk finish in the peters uh fifth fifth so yeah, yeah so there's a yeah. you can take a, a strong line Flo Moshard and then True Attraction back in sixth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but for me, I just I just think that True Attraction back on a um, back on a dry surface for with William Pike from gate two. Was uh, he was he a horse that should have performed better on the wet surface? though, looking at I, his prior, I'm not sure. Prior I, just, runs? I just know that he's come back from injury and setbacks and, and sometimes maybe that that can get their wheels spinning a bit and that but was it, a whole different level of a soft track what yeah, he's been on yes. before is probably soft five soft six that was yeah it was and sticky I, and, I, and i don't think that run was too bad i mean nerf box mate bosk made it look a bit bit ordinary because he drew away from him late but then he's come out and won the carbon club last saturday so um i'm forgiving true attraction uh acknowledge the the weight swings and that i just just find it hard to to um, to vortex. see to vortex. Yeah, mm-hmm. true attraction fence probably following the Fagazi everywhere. Uh, Sean McGrady goes. His his closing speed, like he's ran second at Inspirational Girl. First up, his closing speed when written written quiet over fourteen hundred second up was was significant. So stalking true attraction. If if the gaps appear, he's going to be breathing fire, and I think he can just about gun down. Uh, the Fugazi late. I would have been keen to to see what happened with Rebel Knight. I see the bars are coming, mm. going on, 21 days between runs. He's been scratched since his last start. So there's too many red flags there for me. Um, and, um, and I thought Bad Wolf back to a ratings race is, is probably suited as well. But uh, true attraction from gate two, Pike on board, um, Cerise and White. Can't go, can't go past him, I don't think. And, you know, just on Bad Wolf, Ash Maley did say last week that Bad Wolf was his best of the day and that was the day that Red Publisher won. He missed the kick, slipped at the start, so was out of it immediately, but he's got a great record off seven days. He's had three goes for two wins and a placing. He could be one at, at a big price that uh, could be sort of in the mix. Yeah, the market now basically mirrors mine. True Attraction three twenty, the Figasi three hundred and fifty. That's exactly how uh, to a cent. That's exactly mm. how I've marked them in a in a lower percentage market. So um, we'll wait to see what the market does late. But um, yeah, I think the winner will come from those two. Those two, yeah. Um, okay, race three. Moving forward into the Mrs. Max handicap. If it ain't a Mrs. Max, Terry, <laughs> take it back. Take it back. All right. The uh, this is the graduation fourteen hundred meters. 14-horse field. Uh, what do we got here? It's a $4.40. The field sharing favoritism at the moment is number five, Island Missile uh, from the Ganjimi Brothers operation and Captain Burglar, number 12. They are, yeah, they are heading the market at the moment. There's a couple of other horses who have been supported on the uh, local exchange or the local operator uh, when markets um, went up this morning, Terry. Uh, who do you th- – this is a – this is quite an open race, actually. Um, interested to see 
speed map wise and and how you think this who's going to be suited under these conditions i just want to mention that britney has got the hard copy of the form guide here as well i absolutely <laughs> love it still like it's amazing Brittany, Lockie, i feel like we're the only two that don't have the hard um the hard copy michael hayton brought along yeah Fernie brought along the hard copy yeah i, I don't know like we're I, the I, only ones that might have to have put some ink anymore. in my printer i think yeah i told my need to get a printer <laughs> i honestly I was so. waiting for the on wednesday and waiting 1 30 come on come on i need to <laughs> usually i'm at the races so i just do it uh, that night but yeah yeah, this week I was waiting for it to come out. I tried to do it just on the computer. I just can't do it. I just need to have the paper in front of me. Very good. Kick, well, it, kick it old school, Brittany. I like yeah, yeah, keep it old school. Yeah. I like that. I do like that. And you'd be a uh, would you be a book or a Kindle person as well? A book. Hmm. Yeah. Go. Good answer. I like that. Uh, okay, moving on to this race. This is uh, this was an interesting race to decipher, and I I felt sick when I created my market because I had Whack and Tank a nearly favourite here. <laughs> Bj uh, has been backed. Went up at eighteen dollars. Has morning. been backed. Yeah, it's been backed. No, not not to not to the degree of last time. What did what was it last time? Twenty six is into about a five dollar favourite and, uh, um, and bolted in. And absolutely bolted in. Look, this speed map looks really favourable. Peppy Jack leads. Yep. Um, Whack and Tanker lands outside. Captain Burglar can begin. I think Captain Burglar can hold a spot. Um, and uh, it's the two Neville Partner runners which have come up clearly above my price here. Um, I've got Captain Burglar who was stiff in the Faritha. I thought, yeah. Um, yeah. I thought he was coming again really well on the line. Um, he got actually, chopped out a bit late, didn't he? Yeah, he mm. did. Jason Brown rode in that day. And um, I, I think for a moment or two in the straight, Jason thought, oh, this is dropping out and we're, we're out of this race. And then he, he came again and arguably finished it's hard to tell with what happened in that final 100 metres but arguably finished a little bit better than Bragwell was going to and Bragwell was one fifth in the guineas um, last week so look I think that the, the three year olds um, are really dominating especially their allowance they get in these ratings races so I think the winner comes from Captain Burglar and Whack and Tanker 440 and 10s that's enough for me to play the pair I'm Captain Burglar I'm a big fan of the three year olds at the moment mm -hmm. against the older horses coming out of a fair ether and in a race that, as you say, is open. If you're talking about Captain Burglar or Whack and Tanker, I know which one I feel uh, <laughs> more confident in being with. I can't. I honestly cannot believe that Tom. I'm, uh, I'm going to back Whack and Tanker after he's uh, <laughs> he's taken about 30 starts to win number two. But um, yeah, that's 2024, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. We'll clean sweep this race. I'm pretty keen on Captain Burglar. Oh, I thought you were going Whack and Tanker as well. <laughs> Chrissy Parnham back on board from a from a draw. Uh, these three olds at the moment, they get in so well into these, as Brittany said, into these graduation handicaps. Super, super well placed by Neville Parnham. Island Missile is the obvious, hardest to beat for me. Uh, I thought he let down really, really impressively. Terry will say that he's probably suited on the day, the way that the track was was playing, but he still had to do it and uh, showed good cl closing speed. He has raced up on up on top of the pace in the past and performed well so i'm expecting sean mcgrady to be positive again from a low draw those are the two it's almost a flip of the coin job but from a um with the weight pull um i'm siding with captain burglar he's uh he's the one one thing i will say with this market is i would presume brad parnham would have had the choice uh of Befunja and whack and tanker and um Befunja is considerably shorter so Make of that what you will, BJ. Brad Parnham is one from one on Whack and Tanker. And if you look at Whack and Tankers, it's funny. I, I, if you go at his record of 1,300 and above, I, it's, a, it's a third to cup night. He's got a um, – his other effort at the 1,400 was full of merit as well. I haven't got it in front of me. But this could have been a horse that just perhaps should have stepped up to this journey um, a little bit earlier in his career perhaps. I think he's just screaming out for Brad, wasn't he? He might have been also hey, screaming. There's a, there's a couple of positives he's here. Probably, so he's probably thinking to himself, why haven't you put me on? Rename the horse. Yeah. And and 
you'd get him a lot shorter than the current price. That's all I'll say. Re <laughs> rename him and he's a, he's a different quote. So. Um, uh, she's this horse is coming out. Just touching on the three, this horse is coming out of quite an impressive maiden victory. Always had a bit of time for the white witch. Don't know whether this is necessarily the right race for her progressing into her preparation, but nice low draw. Uh, I thought the way that she hit the line was very strong in her Bunbury maiden victory last start. I think white witch is going to win her share of races for uh, Ascot trainer Sarah Evans. So. Might not be her day on Saturday, I don't think, but uh, you can follow this this filly moving forward. I think she's got plenty of wins up her sleeve. Race four, hundred thousand dollar Tab Touch Westby Platinum Platinum Series final. F wow, fourteen hundred meters. Um, we've had three series heats, so all these horses have had to compete in one heat um, to uh, to um, I guess be eligible to contest the hundred thousand dollar final. This is bloody hard work. <laughs> it just gets harder and harder this, as we go on. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is torturous. So at, that, the, at the moment on the on the local, uh, it's six dollars the field. Six dollars, six dollar favourite. Yeah. Uh, glamour packed. So five to one the field in the old. Yeah, this is all yours, Brett. Oh, this, uh, I, the funny thing is when I did it last night, I was actually glamour-packed. I thought seven of these out of the Wild Fusion race. Wild Fusion just got the world-perfect run in the box seat. So looking for those uh, other ones and, and glamour-packed gets the kilo weight swing, I, I thought was hitting the line nicely. So were a couple others in uh, Mood Goddess and Morgs Freeman, which numerically when you look at the form doesn't read very well but uh, you just catch him at the back of the field reaping very very solid to the line and he's drawn 11 and 9 at his last couple drawn four so we'll get a better run so i ended up siding with glamour packed but uh those were the other two that i probably thought could uh factor in the finish well i think if you find the winner of this race you've definitely uh you definitely deserve another macaroon yeah. <laughs> i'd suspect as well so oh, i haven't got a huge amount to add in this race it's just there looks to be a lot of speed i mean you got adela from one who i think will probably hand up pink and gray will probably lead taj marley with the shades off up to 1400 um i haven't spoke to luke so i'm not sure but i wouldn't surprise me if they look at sitting or at least getting on speed and taking some type of cover and then you've got miller rab and lace vinsky from 11 and 13 um you've got to think their only methodology here is going to be to roll forward so it could turn into a a, a mad um, igarashi takes up a spot as well igarashi yeah. be very prominent as well so i mean look from a from a soft run type uh, point of view it was hard not to have glamour packed on top but glamour pack's not a horse i want to dive in at um at around that sort of six dollar mark but none of these are a horse I want to dive in at it around their current what, quotes. What's your what, give, us, give us a snapshot of your market. Did you uh, price I've, this got, race? I've actually got Glamour Pack 550. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've, and it's funny, I've got it, it's an 88.2. I had to be exact. 88.2% uh, <laughs> market. I've managed to get Glamour Pack as a $5.50 favorite. But um, the, the way the, the stable's going, the way this race will be run, it's not impossible to see Mood Goddess come right down the outside, knock them off. And as Brittany said, Morgs Freeman finally draws a gate. The one I wanted to have um, when I thought apprentices could claim. Uh, was Western Rhythm. Um, and now I have seen, well, yesterday I saw that. It's an interesting appointment, isn't it, mm. um, on a back marker. So she's obviously riding Carleen Heffel, new to Western Australia, is obviously riding winner after winner. Yeah, she's made um, quite an impression. She certainly she? has. But to, uh, yeah, to jag a, a ride where she doesn't claim this early on is, uh, well, I guess that's a I testament. If, I wonder if they knew. 
I don't think they would have known. That's that's, that's what I was thinking. I bet they uh, haven't known there. But um, look, I think you can probably put a line through Western Rhythm's last run, but yeah, I'm talking if you're saying $30, $40 late in the exchange, that's one we'd consider, but no, pass. The one thing Lockie said to me about Western Rhythm was he messaged me from the yard setting saying that it was so much more relaxed last start, where the start before it had been really hot and bothered okay. and and just straight away I said, oh, maybe too relaxed because obviously you have to, yeah, completely forgive last starts. It'll be interesting to see how it comes to the races on Saturday. I find that. I find your residual knowledge, and I said this to you before, I find it just so interesting um, in regards to the nuances. Like as you said, if you took that job and you looked at a horse for the first time, you might comment that Western Rhythm looks great, nice and relaxed, but you actually want to see Western Rhythm totally or you mm. want to see uh, Western Rhythm not necessarily um, on his best behaviour. So, well, yeah, I, I find yeah, that. From last start, that's how it yeah. sort of came. So, yeah. I, find that stuff, I find that really, really interesting and probably an area of the game I can probably improve on oh. a lot. Get out there and <laughs> muck, muck out some boxes. Muck out some boxes, yeah. Luke, Luke will be texting me <laughs> after Haven't you actually offered to, to do have, some of that? Yeah, then, I have, then, when, yeah. uh, then when you got the uh, the call up to come and do some work, you said, nah, I don't, I don't think so. I oh, look, it's just it's just, there's a, it's just hard to fit everything into a week. You know, I've only got 24 hours in a day. But, um, look, what were I you think, doing um, at 3am this morning? <laughs> I, was, uh, I was doing form. At 3 a.m. No. this morning. I was I was fast asleep, um, just, just dreaming of how many winners I was going to tip on today's podcast. <laughs> uh, I'll see you soon, Luke. 2021, I'll be there. I was feeding a baby, so um, you were catching Zeds. Brittany was working. Oh, were you working this morning? No, I didn't uh. work this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the same uh, now, for me, I think there's three winning chances. I'm pretty glamour-packed and mood goddess. And when in doubt... Sir William, I think. Mm. I'm pretty uh, – was written by Lactar Ramoli. Is it Ramoli or Ramoli? I always – I've actually – I must ask him myself yeah. because I tend to go between the two. I think I say Ramoli. Ramoli, yeah. Ramoli sounds good. Lactar to Pike. I think her first up run where she qualified for the, the final was in a West Speed Series heat. thought that was full of merit. Um Rise to 1,400 suits as well. Uh, I reckon there might be a three-wide line form and Pike three-wide line peeling. Um, in that three-wide line, following Pike might just be mood goddess. So for me, I, I think it's going to be I'm pretty launching mood goddess peeling and I think it's going to be those two fighting out the finish. With Pike, eight starts, four wins, one yes. second, two thirds. So Mr. Yeah. Place, one of eight. Without Pike, 12, one, three, one. Yep. So it's quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah, definitely Pike. Yeah. I wanted to find her. She made yep. complete sense with this map, but her last run was just so flat. I know she mixes her form, but don't know, maybe I need more forgiveness just, I just in life in general. I just think I just think Pike's just got this ability. I don't even know how it's immeasurable ability for horses just to save fuel. I don't know how. It's like he's got an economy mode within his hands or something yeah. like that because other jockeys, they can ride the horses. This is not a slight. This is just this is a gift, right? Other jockeys can ride exactly the same race as Pike, but for some reason when they ask them to go, they just don't go like they go for him. Mm. And it's just it's a balancing. It's in the it's in his hands. It's in his feet. And I, I you know I just think Adam Durant probably set this mare for a uh, hundred thousand dollar race, a big payday, probably the best payday she's ever going to get a crack at. And I, I'd be surprised if she wasn't peaking third up for this assignment. Yeah, no, I like uh, I like what you're putting down there, and that would make a lot of sense with that camp, I think, as well. So good luck to anyone that uh, finds a winner here, though. All right, uh, it's now time for our Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. 
Thanks, Terry. The Mundaring has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, drop in and see the publican, Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say good day. Let him know you're a 1-1 one, one listener and check out his new big decking up there. Butchie's big deck. It's almost complete. There's going to be a, a grand opening soon. So it's all happening up there at the Mundaring Hotel. Congratulations to last week's Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind winner, Danny Carberry. Terry, mm. brother of Patrick, um, Paddy Carberry, very popular uh, hoop in Western Australia. So Danny Carberry got all four questions correct. A $100, actually, I think Danny Carberry might be a part owner in Cup Night. So yeah, I think he's got all the family. Yeah, I think they're all there. Mm-hmm. They? Yeah, so a double yesterday as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A charmer and heaps of moolah. Heaps yes, of moolah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so she's a charmer. I tell you what, Oof. we'll be talking about she's a charmer in about a week and a half time. I reckon on this podcast. I think we might. Yes. So congrats, Danny. That one hundred dollar gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the mail. So to be crowned this week's mastermind, you'll need to answer the following four questions correctly. I love how Terry gets prepped for the masterminds. Mm. Where's a pen and paper? <laughs> I'm ready to go. Paper, With your macaroon in pa- your mouth. <laughs> paper for Brittany. Thank you. Let's see who is the real mastermind. All right. Question number one. Name the last WA-based trainer to saddle up a Winterbottom Stakes winner. Oh, I love tick this. tock. There was tick so much tock, authority. Tick tock. with that pen down. <laughs> You can see my hand hasn't moved yet. Come on, quick game's a good game. Question <laughs> question number two. That's a pass from Terry. Which one of these is not a dual Winterbottom Stakes winner? Marasco, Hortensia, or Buffering? Question three. Come on, BJ. William Pike steered Hattaby Clorker. What a good name, Hattaby Clorker. To a boil over result in the 2010 Winterbottom Stakes. Who was, was the trainer? Thing. Ah, that's easy. Oh, hang on, Britt. What's going on here? What do you mean that? Are you ready for this? I'm going to spell it correctly. Too. Oh, uh, uh, question okay. number four. Name the horse that finished runner-up behind champion takeover target in the all-time classic 2008 winter bottom stakes. It wasn't so hard to unassemble this microphone. I'd... Um take it out of its holster and drop it right <laughs> I'll just have to go with the pen instead. The guru, very confident. So they are the four questions for this week's uh, Winterbottom Stakes themed WA Racing Mastermind. If you uh, would like to be in the running for that $100 gift voucher, please send your uh, answers via direct message to at the 11pod on Twitter and, um, and yeah, and uh, support the, the Mundaring and WA Racing in general. Now let's check to see how our two contestants fared. Do we go, Brett? All four the same. Oh, that's not very exciting. Four from four. Four from <laughs> four. <laughs> Easy game. Yeah. Well done, guys. Right, we um, got a macaroon as, uh, as a reward. Do you know what was helpful? I um, did the barrier draw on Tuesday for the winter bottom, so I had all the history of the <laughs> <laughs> winter bottom ah, stakes that I looked at on Monday. And, um, and Brittany's actually, as a, as a guest, has got a voucher to the Mundaring as well. Oh. So go up there and sample. Uh, have oh. a feed, frothy, and a flutter. I up can't there. wait. Yeah, and speaking of how to be Clorker, we'll get to the uh, the Winterbottom later, obviously. But um, how to be Clorker backed up into a Kingston Town seven days later. Did I it? Believe. Maybe not the year how to be Clorker won the Winterbottom, but one of the years went Winterbottom to 
Kings of Town. It's another red cam man. Well, that's what I was thinking about with red cam man. I was Mm. thinking, have horses done this before? But of course, it used to be Super Saturday where Mm. they were both on Mm. the same day. And then before that, the winter bottom was actually run as the lead up to the railway. Glory Hunter. Yeah. uh, Finished fourth in a railway stakes and a week later won the winter bottom. Extraordinary. That little fun fact was courtesy of Michael Heaton, friend of the podcast. What year? I think it was 2007. Okay. Geez, nice to have a horse can do that and just, just butter up to group one week after week. Yeah. That's, um, you know, I double check that. So, Glory Hunter was 2007. Lindsay Smith, Lucas Camilleri, actually. Oh. Lindsay Smith, what a genius. He, old comrade, ran in the railway stakes, mile, week later, won the railway, week later into the winter bottom, ran second, week later, 1800. Oh, wow. Kingston Town. I think I don't know if it's called the Kingston Town then, but he won, won fruit that. And veg won or, fruit and veg, yeah. yeah. Phenomenal stuff. Extraordinary. Mm. Yeah, hopefully uh, you guys can, uh, all your oh. listeners out there can have a crack at uh, that $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring Hotel. Moving on to race number five, it's the Crown Towers Handicap, 1,200 metres, ratings 72 plus. There's a couple of smart ones going around in this, Terry. Just before we move on, uh, Ortensia. 2009, I thought so. I just didn't want to say it out loud. Uh, sixth in the railway and then won the winter bottom as well. Seven mm. days later, so there you go. It, it can be done. It's been a bit but more of a popular can, can be move done. than I thought. Yeah. Fourth and first, you reckon? We'll get to that. I Fingers think. crossed. Uh, anyway, where were we? Sorry, BJ, what, what race are we up to? The race fifth. Five. Five. It's the okay. town crow- Crown Towers. Handy. Did you get to the Crown last week? The town week, Crowers? No, I didn't make it to the town Crowers last yeah. week, uh, <laughs> BJ. Um, no, no, we kept it all quite a uh, nice subdued. Quiet day. Yeah, it's always nice and subdued. Yeah. That's probably the opposite to, to what it was, to be honest <laughs> with you. But um, moving on, uh, this is a, a very interesting uh, race from a speed map point of view. Mm. Um, comes at time. Uh, Jim and, and Brittany's horse, more aces, uh, goes around as well, is quite a noted speedster. Then drawn out wide, we have Pooley, 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 um, and, um, and Resort Man in 12. I found this a really difficult race to map, not knowing the mindset um, of comes a time and whether uh, – I don't know if more aces at his – as he gets on a little bit, if he has the speed to necessarily hold out a horse like Pooley if he comes across. So the key for Resort Man here might be whether Pooley can um, find the top and yep. Resort Man comes across and, and finds the breeze. So on paper, Resort Man's first up effort isn't going to read all that well. Um, I that thought it was, was super. I thought it was <laughs> exactly right. It was uh, the third quickest, um, third last, or fourth quickest last, last two, yeah. um, despite Kira sort of sitting up for the final hundred as well. It was just, it was just never in the race, and it was that day where there is so much forgiveness needs to be given for horses on, on that track. As we were saying before, there there are soft tracks, as Brittany was saying before, there are soft tracks, and then there are soft tracks, you know. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it got downgraded to um, a heavy later in the day. So um, I, I think if Kira. Um, um, gives Resort Man any type of steer here. I, I even think Resort Man hasn't gone through the grades enough yet that she can k- potentially get caught deep and still win this mm. race. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, any type of steer from the gate and I think Resort Man will um, will show his class here, guys. Oh, I really like Resort Man here. I thought – I really liked the first up run. It reads ninth of 10th, but it was such a great run in the sense that for a first up 
performance, mm-hmm. not to flatten the horse for a, you know, Drew barrier 10 of 10 that day. I know it's drawn wide again, but you don't want to see them have that gut buster where they ha- they might get caught three deep when they might be just one run short. So it really overaced too when she was trying to get it back in behind runners. So never happy horse. No. And I think you will see her just let it roll forward hopefully she gets a spot and even if she doesn't i think resort man is just that progressive type that's just better than a lot of these that have had their chance Mm -hmm. yeah resort man first up was basically alongside eeyore ways and i think the eeyore ways just rattled home so quickly he was the fastest splits of the day that sort of made resort man look a little bit plain to the eye but that was far from the case as Brittany and terry have said that run that first up performance was um mighty by resort man he always cut the corner and uh resort man went out and around and also he always is one of the fastest closing horses in the state so it's sometimes it can the the, the eye can uh, the eye test can uh can be a little bit misleading so I, I think that that was a perfect even though they want to go out there and win sometimes you just got to go back and cop your medicine and if you if you win you win if you don't you'll get them next start and i think this is the case with resort man. I think they're going to get him next start. I'm expecting, like you, Terry, I'm expecting more positivity from the draw. Um, and uh, Paul Lee is a fast horse. If he's ridden for speed, um, comes across, should should just drag resort man right right into the race. He's got some strength. He's got some quality. He was heavily supported to beat showmanship one day at um, Belmont. So there's 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 no denying that this horse is well regarded. But also he's um, he profiles like a Probably a black type horse in the making, I would say. Uh, I'm, a, I'm in full agreement. I think this is the perfect second up assignment for Resort Man. I'd be surprised if he got rolled. Uh, the only um, the only couple of horses I think potentially have the ability to knock him off if he happens to get caught three three wide no co- no cover or something like that is um, is maybe if Platinum Bullet just follows him and gets the suck and last crack at him maybe um, Platinum Bullet goes super fresh. Goes super well. fresh. Mm, it's yeah. actually quite quite a decent. Decent mare probably hasn't reached the heights expected of her just yet, but Chris Parnham is going to be following Resort Man everywhere he goes. And if, as I said, if Resort Man's punching three wide, no cover, and is still a touch uh, soft second up, then Platinum Bullet might be able to nail him late. The horse who's just a bit outside of the market, who I thought could run a race from a good draw first up, is Speedy Miss down the weights, fifty-five and a half. I think um, gets in at uh, good each way quotes. I think it's going to get every opportunity from that draw, and I could see Speedy, Speedy Miss running second or third at a quote. So, but yeah, Resort Man on top. What price? It was very interesting when assessing this, uh, assessing the market and sort of assessing uh, the ride. I guess if Resort Man drew five here, yeah, completely what price? different story. Oh, Resort Man, low, low, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So the beauty is you get a price. Right. I was going to say ex- low, ex- low, low, exactly low twos, right. but you're going red odds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, 100 yeah. red odds. Yeah. yeah, I think Resort Man would have started. Um, I still think there'll be strong money Resort Man. I, I've priced Resort Man three dollars in a conservative market, yeah. um, noting that we may um, that he may end up considerably shorter than that price so just quickly when it comes to time doing a good job since he's transferred to justin worry mm-hmm. i was doing some form for bunbury yesterday and just was just inquisitive about how well the warwick stable is going jumped on had a look there they've only had one winner the last 50 runners and that horse was comes to time so interesting that um because i just thought they they're running well enough but not really winning the warwick camp and so yeah one winner the last 50, and that was when comes a time saluted first up. Yeah, wow, that's really interesting because mm. I, I wouldn't have thought that because you keep seeing money come from, particularly I think in the staying races, yep. they just default back to Warwick and, yeah, continually seeing 
money come for his horses. But yeah, obviously it's probably not as yeah. You don't, you don't realize until you actually until crunch you see the numbers. The actual mm. stats, yeah, at hundred percent. So so yeah, I think uh, we're all pretty much in alignment here that Resort Man's uh, horse on the way up. And uh, with any with any sort of luck in running, he should be too good for these. Lactar back on denim pack too. Absolutely flies for Lactar. Pretty. I'm a little bit disappointed. I've got a bit of baby um, brain this week. A little bit disappointed. Yeah, a little bit disappointed that Bobby wasn't the first thing you said. Actually, Magic but, Mike. Um, Magic Mind, this horse genuinely finds uh, lengths for, for Lactar and Miley. If Resort Man does get caught deep, he gets to suck suck Ma- in. And with Lactar's catch rates at um, at 52 and a half, so unlike you guys, instead of trying to pronounce his last name, I'm just going to call him Lactar. Lucky. Um, mm-hmm. Lucky, yeah, Lucky Lactar. Rails. Have, you, have you got off Raul Ramoli? Because no, you were trying to make Raul Ramoli a yeah, thing. No, I'm very big on that. But uh, this horse find lengths, finds lengths. Imagine for, um, imagine three back the Lactar, fence, so. the yeah. seas part, oh. Raul Ramoli, passionate as he is. Oh, he loves it. <laughs> <laughs> What a good young rider, eh? He's doing a good job. He's actually, yeah. He's, he's, we love him. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Well, talking about loving him, you might love him a little bit more after race six, Brittany, and this is the race I've been most looking forward to uh, discussing with you, maybe wagering a macaroon over. Are the, are the gloves um, on or off here? No, they're off 100%. Yep. They're off, yeah. They're, oh, they're definitely in the corner. Uh, the Quee Clean, the Quay Clean, <laughs> 1,200 metre. Key Clean. Uh, key Clean. What is it? Key Clean? <laughs> key Clean. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, the Quee Clean. Jeez. Can we start? <laughs> no, we're rolling. We're rolling. <laughs> Someone else talk. Someone else talk. This is all, this is all too much for you. Though. I love it. I love Whenever I see this name, race, race <laughs> name know. of the race, well, I just I, I just Circular know. Key, I just like start, in yeah, Sydney. I'm fully aware I start now, cackling yeah. to myself. Yep. Okay. It's brilliant. BJ, uh, this is a 1,200-metre race, uh, <laughs> 78 I'll, plus. I'll, I'll set this up. I'll set this up because the reason why um, Brittany and Terry are going to get into the ring here is because in one corner we have a part owner of the People Source, face of the podcast, Pinup Boy, Dig Deep. Um, so Terry Layton is part of the Kingsman Syndicate who have a share in Dig Deep, did that and – one. One and um, of course, Team Taylor. Brittany Taylor is um, heavily involved with Caracapo, the top weight. Now it's Caracapo v Dig Deep. That's Brittany v <laughs> Terry. Let's uh, let's I guess lay out their respective cases. We'll start with you, Brittany Caracapo, on the uh, quick backup, going trying to go bang bang. Yeah, obviously he was accepted for the winter bottom, but drew thirteen at the barriers. That was probably more you know the owner wanting to have a crack at a group one in a year that you can, um, but nominated him for. Can I just just one second? Mm-hmm. We we couldn't see the barrier draw because mm. it wasn't live streamed. Mm. Um, we can talk about that later. Who was responsible for Barrier 13 for Caracapo? Sam himself. Uh, the so the owner so himself. So it wasn't Brittany no. Taylor? No. No, okay. I've got a good record at Barrier Draws. <laughs> I drew the barrier for Regal Power when yep. he won the All-Star Mile. I've never been so ner- – now, Barrier Draws are nerve-wracking, but when you're drawing a barrier for Bob in a race worth that much, that was very nerve-wracking. He wasn't there, was he? No. It was COVID, yeah. Yeah. What gate did you draw? Uh, was it three or four? Oh. Yeah. Just perfect. Yeah. Surely a percentage coming your way. I know. That's a pivotal part of the puzzle. Exactly. I did my job. Um, Yeah, no, so he drew that and uh, obviously just before at three o'clock the nominations had come out for here and he'd drawn one. So the obvious way to go was in this race. which Especially with the claim. Exactly. Mm. And and on what he did last week, he, um, yeah, he'd he'd be going into this really well. So how's he – has he pulled up? He's won a he won a seventy two plus with 
62.5 down three for Romoli. Uh, found the front in a um, six-horse field, controlled, in, uh, got a good kick off the, the turn, pinched the brakes, uh, helped, fended them off late and survived a protest as yes. well, as we discussed earlier. Uh, it's almost he, he drops a kilo rising into 78-plus grade and, yeah, more, more likely than not, he's going to find the fence in front again. Yeah, I, I think he has to... Be a massive chance off last week. He's bounced out of the run particularly well um, at home. They couldn't be happier with sort of how he's come through the run. And I think Lactar is really important for him. I have a small school of thought that uh, he might be a, a male rider sort of horse. He, he's the most intelligent horse there is. And I just know even at home he can be a, a, a kid's pony sometimes um, – for, for me, I don't know whether it's like a female thing or whatever and dad gets on and and he's much more Business. just excitable mm. and, um, yeah, it just just can be a little bit that way. I, I don't know. It's just a weird observation that I've made that I just think he's so intelligent that, uh, that perhaps the aggression from I, the male I'll tell you what, it. when Lactar gave him a cut with the stick, mm. he responded. Yeah, I and that, that's what I mean. I think mm. he needs – Needs telling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, he he'll just go. Oh no, I can bludge here, and if he can bludge, he he, he might will. get away with it. Yeah. It's interesting. He's on the one week backup as well. It's a. I, I went back through his record, and it's only uh, it's only been attempted once, and it turned his form around uh, sharply. It was a really strong effort off the uh, off the one week. So he might be a horse who really appreciates the the short backup as well. Um, I'm not really going to try and sell Dig Deep's case too heavily here. I mean, we all like an underdog story coming back from a broken leg, coming back from the adversity of 20 points in a Karakata. He's just he's the horse everybody wants to see. Um, but I I am a man. He's at the first agency that went up this morning, went up $2.25. That was when Gates of Babylon was, um, was in the still field. in the field. So I think that's just respect for the guru, isn't it? It's understandable. Yeah. Surprising you got up $1.60 or something. But um, look, I think uh, I think if you are going to uh, have something on Dig Deep this week, I'd be waiting and, um, and chiming in with our friends at the exchange. Um, speed map point of view, um, Zebel uh, should be leading them up. Um, should be leading them up, I, I think. Caracapo tucks in. If Zebel um, isn't a runner, I'm not entirely certain what's happening there because Zebel is racing a little bit out of his grade. So seeing him come out late wouldn't surprise. He's but just going to give too many points away if he wins. You'd think so, yeah. It would be, what, it'd be 9 4. It's the equivalent of about three wins. Um, so I can't see it. Probably just about ruined Zebel's career yeah. to some degree. You have to probably lose six, seven races on the bounce to get down to a winnable rating again. But um, there's one horse here that I think slips completely under the race. It's, it's one that's probably come up as one of my better bets of the day and it, it breaks my heart that it isn't Dig Deep, um, BJ, but Multiverse uh, mm -hmm. is tremendously in here. Um, let's let's muse that uh, Zebel doesn't run. Caracapo will get a soft lead. Baraki Beats either sits last because he misses the kick or he lands in the breeze and he could be a real pest um, with Peter on. He could be a real pest to Lactar and Brittany and Jim and Lockie with Karakapo. He's still haunting. He's been still a pest haunting. for a long time. Oh, <laughs> still haunting oh, Team course. Taylor. Yeah. Of, course. Yeah. of course. I didn't even uh, put the uh, put two together. Um, but I think Multiverse is a chance here of either grabbing the back uh, of Baraki Beats or even breezing outside of uh, of Karakapo. Um, if you go to his run two starts ago... Um, 
um, in uh, it was the race won by Labor Rod, and you have a look at the the weight swings he gave a few horses there after sitting four deep the trip. I think it was five kilos he gave to Cliffs of Comfort, three to Celebrity Queen, who's going to start second or third favourite in a winter bottom, and five to Long Beach. And his run was arguably just as good or, or not more than a length off of those runners. So with the claim of Matty Derrick, which has been forced by Jason Whiting, hopping onto Fred Dagg, mm. um, how deep he is into this prep and how whether he's had enough or not, um, look, we I, I can't be I can't be sure. But uh, I've actually marked multiverse an equal favourite here, BJ, at around about four dollars twenty. So um, anything north of ten bucks, uh, we'll have to have something on. Hopefully he runs second. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I okay. suppose the only thing with multiverse is he just he's yet to real. Although he ran well two starts ago, he's yet to really uh, put his best hoof forward at Ascot. I uh, don't know whether that's a thing or not, mm. but um, he um, he. Uh, mm. But yeah, you're right. Good draw gets a nice claim, and his his runs um, winter runs in black type races were would uh, if he hit that sort of rating. On Saturday, geez, it puts him right in the finish, doesn't it? Yeah, he was backed off the map last week as well. When yeah. I say off the map, he was about a hundred bucks into twenty bucks late, and Jason rode him cold um, from the wide gate. He was just never in the in the race on that uh, on that bog track behind Is the Celebrity money track Queen. conditions. Potentially, Such a good yeah, soft potentially, track. and exactly right. And, and people probably expecting a slightly more aggressive ride than what we saw as well. So, um, and I think some of that money was actually mine as well. Um, but uh, look, the Ascot record is definitely a concern on paper. But when I see it, when price, I see a run, yeah. when I see a run like that um, that we saw on the twenty fourth of October, to me that says he can can handle the track. Uh, horses really go nicely for Maddie. Sometimes horses actually improve for Maddie. So how how he'll go for a jockey other than Jason Whiting. Is a little bit of an unknown, but um, I think we're getting the price to find out at double figures. All right, before I give my assessment, head to head, who beats who home? Cara Capo or Dig Deep Terry? Dig Deep. Oh, we have to stay in our respective yeah. corners. You have to say because uh, you were, you were, you're a little bit sort of subdued. Just the price. The price, uh, as you know, I'm a, I'm a very big price punter. It's yep. all about uh, it's all numbers for me. Um, I thought we'd see a little bit, and I think we will see a little bit uh, of a juicier price for dig deep late but no dig deep easily we'll walk past okay if uh caracapo's first in front we'll have uh yards for you to muck out <laughs> there you Dude, go no. actually okay. Brittany did suggest that we yeah that has the, that has been mentioned to right. record well, that's, how, that's how confident i am in the champ so i'll take that on <laughs> okay all righty um my two cents worth for race six of the day is i i landed on gates of babylon on top actually yeah. but he is a Scratching this morning. Did he come out before or after, Marcus? After. Well, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of uh, conjecture on the Scuttle, Twitter sphere this morning. Butt? Yeah, a little bit of scuttlebutt. Uh, <laughs> he went up at about nine fifty. I actually marked him three twenty before uh, before he was rubbed out. A clear favourite yeah. would have been my on top selection too. Um, he was back very quickly, backed into about four or five bucks, and then he's uh, taken out of markets, meaning the deductions are a lot higher than yep. they otherwise would have been. So, a few disgruntled men on Twitter, which we rarely see as disgruntled human beings on, on Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, yeah. rarely see it. <laughs> rarely it's see it. Yeah, usually rarely, all love on rarely. The, the Twitter platform, mm. isn't it? Uh, for me, I am um, expecting one of my old faves, actually, Fred Dagg, to run really well first up. It, track pattern dependent. If he can, um, if he can get sucked into the race with a bit of cover and be within striking distance on straightening, Fred Dagg has some really encouraging uh, first up profile. I think first up last prep he might have run second to Red Can Man um, at Ascot. 
and uh, I think it was Ascot Twelve Hundred as well. He's um, he's got showmanship form last prep. He did ran some has some really good um, I guess peak peak figures against some really quality opposition. Fred Dag will be ridden quietly but and patiently as always by Jason Whiting, saved up for one run at them. If they are making ground on the day, I can see Fred Dag launching and playing a major part in the finish. Yeah, I can say that. It's a huge uh goes extremely well fresh. The run, um did you mention the run uh against Red Can Man first yeah. up? Yeah, that was just I think Pim's Royale might have been in that race. That well. was yeah, Pim's Royale was mm. a bit stiff in that race, but that mm. was um that was phenomenal. So Yeah, old Fred. Me and Fred are gonna team up on Saturday. So that's uh but yeah, all eyes favourites, isn't he? I've yeah. always liked Fred mm, Dan yeah. too. <laughs> oh, um but all eyes will be on uh Terry versus Taylor, Dig Deep versus Caracapo. Um, yes, very interesting. <laughs> Moving forward on to- I'm a bit nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> got my mum and sister coming out for the day as well. So, And my uh, my little uh, two-year-old niece is going to come out and pat, uh, pat Dig Deep. So we're all winners at the end of the day. Perfect. Family day. And BJ, this Friday is Betfair. Black Friday sale where there will be 80% discount on commission for all bets placed on Friday the 27th of November for Saturday Metro meetings. So that's uh, that's quite incredible actually to be able to offer that much of a discount. I can imagine they're running at a loss just to get involved with it all. I'm either going to chuck up a few tomorrow on the exchange. So I'll tweet them out as we go. But uh, there's a few I want to take on at the shorter prices. So a few, few Betfair lays? A couple of Betfair lays. So, um, how, will I, people, how will people know, Terry? I'll Where, tweet. Hey? I'll tweet. At the 1-1 one, one pod. I'll get on the Make tweet sure and I'll tweet. I'll tag the 1-1 one, one pod. You can yeah. give it a, a re-tweet and um, we'll see if you guys can uh, can nick a little bit of my cash. A bit of liquidity. A bit of liquidity in the market early. Mm. We need a bit more of that in Perth. So. Mm, a bit more liquidity. So, yeah, Betfair Black Friday. Yeah, great promotion from our friends at Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter. All right, race seven is the Tab Touch Regional Championship final, the road to Ascot over 1,200 metres. And this is another series finale. <laughs> so This is yours again. <laughs> we're just, just going to put this in context. We had a series heat run at Kalgoorlie. We had a series heat run at Geraldton and another conducted at – where was that – Albany, rather, sorry, apologies. So you had to obviously run well in those respective heats to qualify for the final. So I think it's the first five across the line in each heat um, were compelled to go into this 15-horse final. And if we thought the West Speed final was hard, this is a whole nother level. I reckon this is a gift, actually. Oh. Terry, take it away. Mm, yeah, I think this is a this is a little bit of a gift. This is one of the most intriguing markets. When they went up this morning, some of the prices were just like completely and utterly wild. Like they went up, um, I think they went up forty six bucks. Pure Magnus is now thirteen across. Like nobody knew how to price it. You could yeah. almost tell they've just sort of put a number next to each horse. Um, the horse I've marked favourite has come up uh, the fourth roughest. Love it, um, love it. In, in the field. So I, when I say marked favourite, I think it was a $8.20 favourite. So I was lucky to have any horse underneath the uh, the $10 mark here. Um, but whether this horse can replicate uh, his Kalgoorlie form, um, it's the beach I'm talking about. Sorry, right right down the bottom with Jade McNaughton. Whether um, 
or whether she, sorry, can replicate her Kalgoorlie form in the city is the big question mark. But what she has done since going to Kalgoorlie has been nothing short of phenomenal. Um, two starts ago, they went about eight lengths above benchmark, led the entire way through a strong win. Bright Glow has come to town since and run some reasonable races midweek. Um, his, her most recent effort uh, in the heat for this race, while beaten home by Manhattan Money and uh, Pure Magnus, the pressure that she received from Concrete Madame when going, uh, again, nearly eight lengths above bench. Concrete Madame and Blooms are the two um, that applied all the pressure. They've run long last, long second last. Um, she boxed on incredibly. Brave, um, yeah. yeah, incredibly brave to, uh, to run third. Look, we've got the month between runs. We've got this horse who was performing Forming and it's probably it would have been the the track where she's trained and obviously she's familiarized herself with and she feels comfortable there if she's able to bring that form to ascot um you've got cool serenity and magic opus who will come across from barriers 10 and 16 if, but if she's able to use her early speed and have a little break on them so she isn't being eyeballed by one of that pair I reckon she gives a massive, massive, massive kick out in front. And I found it very difficult to, to suggest how you could have one of the Fernie runners shorter than her in the market just watching that last outing, guys. So at, um, at 31 bucks each way, she's, uh, she's without doubt uh, my bet. Well, I like the confidence mm. because it's usually at this – it will be at this time of day where I talk about how – greater concept this is for the broadcast <laughs> and everything. And I do, I love it from a concept point of view, the fact that, you know, regional country people get the chance to own horses that are racing in the city on the winter bottom stakes day. But, mm. oh, it gave me a headache. It's not good one for punters, no. is it? No. no. There's usually a fa uh, sort of a standout uh, horse from the Fernie Yard, like we saw Mr. Gennaro a couple Genoa, of years mm. ago. Yeah. Well, they've held back bringing into town, sort of like, we'll win this race, yeah. that 100K race, and then we'll go and um, it's, go it's, bigger and better. It's even so. more interesting, with, like, as you said, Terry, 28 days since the Kalgoorlie heat. Yep. And then it's how many days since Geraldton was like – 13 days since the Albany heat and it's been 14 days. So it's you've got – yeah, you've got – uh, another sort of layer where they're sort of coming from coming from different pathways from a well, run, uh, gap between runs point of view. One thing I wanted to ask Brittany was just in, in a race like this, part of it's about analysing where the strongest form lines are from. Mm. Is the strongest form line Albany? Is it Geraldton? Is it Kalgoorlie? And you, you look at the market and you've got the favourite is Albany, second favourite Kalgoorlie. Um, Third favourite Geraldton. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So they've sort of long knife. How long knife, brother, 12 bucks? Come on. Please the, grow up. The, the great, <laughs> I, I, I hope Long Knife Brother wins. I'd, there'd be nothing better than to see Desi Atwell take out this race. But um, Sir Des. the market, I mean, even what about Moses at $4.40? Yeah, sure, Absolute sure. can't mm. walk in Kalgoorlie. But why is Pikey on, on that one? You know, mm -hmm. there, there's always more to jockey bookings than what we see on face value. But gee whiz, guys. Usually. When in doubt, you're able to sort of go for the trainer who you know can either travel them, they've got the experience, they've got that satellite stable here at Ascot. But when you go through, so many of them do. You've got Peter Fernie with so much representation. Rory Rogers constantly travels, Ash Maley, um, Steve Wolf. All of them are used to travelling horses week in, week out. You can't mm -hmm. even there's say, you. oh, well, hang on, there's one that we'll just go with that. Exactly right. Well, I um, <laughs> I not all at once, guys. think that... <laughs> I thought Megadon was impressive at Gerald the other day. It's got the good draw. Um, if, you know, kept out of trouble by Michelle Hagley, Money Maley, in form, 
Um, he'll have a spring in his step, that's for sure. I think he might be might be bashing down the uh, the vantage point on Saturday, Brittany. So, um, <laughs> Money Maley with uh, Megadon and uh, Michelle Hagley. I think it's as good a chance as any. Uh, double figures wise, I think I really like the two lead up runs of Read the Ride Act. Was a clear last first up at Mount Barker and just sort of worked home eye-catchingly, and then um, hit the hit the line as hard as anything in the Albany series heat for the road to Ascot. Building, building, building. Roy's, uh, he trained to win it last week. Um, Heavenly yeah. Waters, the is two, that what it's called? Two year old, uh, yeah. The two-year-old. And um, uh, in a bit of form, trigger. And he declared it too. He said they sent it out to their entire <laughs> that database. That doesn't sound like Roy. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a lot um, of these trainers are actually in really good form too. Yeah. As we're just just mentioning some of those names, Wolfie's obviously flying. Ash Maley, he's got pushed to pass. A couple of the old boys up in oh. recent weeks pushed to pass. And, red uh, publisher, red publisher. Some horses just think, ah, oh, they're probably at their mark. They're a mm. bit old. I don't know where another win comes from. Mm. Um, yeah, and Roy Rogers, they're um, absolutely flying. And obviously Peter Ferdy's always yeah. flying. So so yeah, my two winning chances were Megadon and Read the Ride Act, and uh, I had I had the beach third in my. Did um, you? Top four, yeah. My price. Uh, I didn't do markets yeah. last night. But I just thought that it's the leader. It's got weight, significant weight um, advantage over the horses that it competed against in Kalgoorlie uh, who were going to be in the market last start. And if it's leaderish, then she's going to be off and gone. So, um, yeah, I think um, I think it's as good a chance as any wide open road to Ascot. But for me, Money Maley, Megadon and Trigger, Rogers, read the right act. Brittany, Brit, have you got a look at? No. 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 <laughs> Pass. Pass. When you get to your quaddy, would you be hitting the field button here? Oh, you would have to, wouldn't you? Mm. I'm, not a, I'm not much of a field. I don't like going field. No, we'll narrow it down a little bit. What about the naming boring, process for Long Knife Brother? I love it. It's brilliant, isn't I it? It's it. genius. Yeah. Some things are, it's like there's that, uh, what's that new restaurant? I think it's not even new. It's over in Melbourne already. Like meat and wine or there's one that's called like meat and bun, just a burger place. I think that type of stuff, just simplicity is the new um I don't know. It Do you know what someone to told me the other day? The person that from Pixar that named the movie Cars got paid three hundred thousand dollar bonus for calling mm, it Cars. Yeah, that's witty. Simplicity. Well, yeah. well whoever's whoever named Long Knife Brother needs a bonus too. Doesn't it? It's <laughs> very <laughs> simple, isn't it? It's Long Knife Brother, the stable mate, and the brother. Therefore, it's Long Knife Brother. Long Knife Brother. Do you reckon they got paid for naming the um, the one out one back racing podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, moving on. Race number eight is the Tattersall's Cup, one of the time-honoured lead-ups to our Perth Cup, our feature staying event of the um, WA Racing calendar. And the cracking Perth Cup it's going to be as it's well. It's going to be good, isn't it? You can just see it shaping, can't you? Can you you're, you're our futures man, or you're just the guru. Um, when do the Perth Cup markets usually filter through, Terry? Uh, after so the day after noms or the day yeah, of yeah the day after noms day usually after yeah Monday Tuesday type of thing they should come out with the cock steaks usually comes out at the same time um, so yeah it'll be really interesting how they um, they mark this race early with spiritual warrior and um, not many from this race he's a park will be in the market but uh, Nerf Bosk is being set that way they wouldn't have expected Nerf Bosk to be winning a race over 1400 1400 last week yeah really is to have yeah. that sprint and, and Neville said he's been really really happy with how he's been going mm. and 
for a horse that's on a Perth Cup path to sprint like he did, watch out. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it's just I such an really intriguing, just truly a, great. Truly great, just about a Perth Cup moral. Yeah, yeah, yeah if you have been saying yeah. that for a while. It's just, it looks a really intriguing Perth Cup. We've had some years where it maybe hasn't uh, uh, got us as excited as maybe some of um, Hopefully they can all get there. That's the thing. Exactly, this, exactly It's right. the attrition we rate. Go, we better not go the early crowd. It's the attrition rate which sometimes can rob the Perth Cup of, mm -hmm. of its luster. But, um, but yeah, so this is one of the stepping stones um, to the Perth Cup. It's the People Start Tattersall's Cup, uh, listed 20 to 100 meter, hundred thousand dollar race. Spiritual Warrior on the quick backup after a, a racing in the railway stakes first up last Saturday, and um, there's a couple of other interesting runners. Royal Command comes up short, 265 for William Pike wearing the cerise and white. Uh, horses returned in pretty good form. However, from a ratings point of view, this Cup race is a 90, 90 plus, plus yeah. so Royal Command's getting in as an 85 rate. Not that it worries Peter's investments too much, but um, he's out of the handicap. So, um, and uh, hasn't won for over 12 months as well. So, 265 is that a bit thin, Guru? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's definitely thin. I'm not convinced Royal Command gets the journey either. Um, looks to do his best work up to the 1800. I know we haven't seen him besides a Perth Cup, and in that Perth Cup, he was actually ridden um, probably more forward. I think then he'd probably do some of his better work. So expect Pikey to be perhaps a little bit more patient out of the gates. But I think for a horse third up at the 2100, that's a little bit thin of a quote, Brittany. Um, what do you in? make of his Ascot Gold Cup run then when he was had to be ridden along at the 600, had to have a backhander before the corner? Is that a track thing then? Or yeah. is the, because that to me says he needs further, that he's you know, losing touch with them, that he is looking for that ground now, but we haven't really seen him do it. Well, that race, it, when it came to black booking horse for that race, I actually just black booked, the, I just wrote down black booked the field basically. Um, nothing really made an impression on the on the leading pair or anything on pace. Uh, Tell him Wakama was in that race, Nwaita Rui was well supported in that race, Friar Esk was well supported in that race. I think all the wheels just span. I think it true, uh, Too Close to Sun just was often going from home when they tried to, to sprint with Too Close to Sun, who we know was just turning into um, turning into a superstar in his own right. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think all the wheels just span. So I expect, and I price Royal Command favourite, um, but I think something closer to that $4 mark is a fair price for a horse third up with still some question marks um, whether he'll run out of strong 2100. I like Arctic Stream. Mm-hmm. First up, I thought his first up last year run at Wait for Age was nice. It was only four and a half lengths away. It was a slowly run race, so he didn't have to burn too much early and just sort of tacked onto them late. Paul Harvey was his usual sort of um, quiet sort of self late in the race. and So they booked Lacta? Yeah, mm. yeah. And then was he not allowed to ride or what was the – Yeah, I think yeah, that might be the case listed. Three kilo. three kilo claimer and all yeah. that. So this – this is a little bit silly. I would suggest that Lactar can't ride here, but Carleen Heffel can ride in a hundred thousand dollar race earlier in the car. They're yeah. worth the exact same yeah. amount. I know that one's not one's black type, black type and yeah. but, I know it's, uh, it's, it's it a, a novel. And Lactar's been riding in, you know, the majority of cities, probably riding more than most seniors at the mm. moment. So it's a little a bit, bit silly. Bit of an I anomaly, thought, yeah. but um, yeah, uh, they bounced out Arctic Stream from Barrier Twelve in the Carbine Club last Saturday, and he's landed. Basically, he's landed outside leader, but then Luke's goal was virtually a tearaway leader, mm. and the tempo was kind of crazy, to be honest, um, for Luke's gold. And just Arctic Stream had to do a lot of the heavy lifting to to punch into the breeze and and drag them up. He's only beaten two point four lengths. Came again. 
Yeah, I think that run will do him the world of, world of good. Quick back up, up in trip. He raced, he really came of age around this time last year. Arctic Stream looked like he was going to be a world beater early, lost his way, and then he really came on last preparation. And, um, yeah, he was a leading chance in the Perth Cup last year and he ran really well. He came back in the winter and ran an absolute cracker at weight for age in the Belmont Sprint, only beaten two lengths behind Perfect Jewel. Um, with a soft run from gate four with Sean O'Donnell aboard. Sean O'Donnell, famous for pickup ride winners. Yeah. <laughs> just, Do you remember not, that period of time where the, week after week it just kept um, happening? Yeah, it's freak at it. Oh. Um, S. O'Donnell, he just put him on and he just, yeah, it, it was a bit like that with Block of Land the other day actually. I yeah. thought he was the gonna could be the key to unlocking him. But I think he's just going to get a right run Arctic Stream. He's got a bit of quality about him, 55 kgs after racing at Wave for Age and set weights and penalties. Um, I reckon he's as good a chance of any at the moment, um, Arctic Stream in this race. So I, th- I think he's going to give this a big shake. I think you've made a really compelling case. Mm. I, I was Utgard Loki just knowing that improvement that, uh, Lockie had mentioned to me just prior to the run in the Ascot Gold Cup and uh, knowing sort of the amount of work that Justin can get into them, I thought that uh, he was capable here, but I really take your points on Arctic Stream. Mm-hmm. I went into this race expecting to find Arctic Stream um, and obviously everything's all price-orientated for me, but I've ended up with Utgard Lockie oh, yeah. um, on top from a price perspective. Had him just uh, only just mildly behind um, behind Royal Command in my market. He opened As, 8.50, didn't he? Yeah, he did open 8.50, yeah. We weren't going to allow that to last. <laughs> come on, come last on, Brittany. No, it? we weren't going to allow that to last. I've got him closer to around about 4.60 type thing to me from uh, from the alley with a race where there isn't all that much speed and it's all – well, it's very Justin Warwick orientated speed-wise. I think he'll just roll over, um, maybe even lead this up, breeze type thing. Um, I thought his run in the Ascot Gold Cup was really good, just just ground away like they all did. Um, but, yeah, as, as you mentioned before with these Justin Warwick stays, once they hit form mm. and fitness – um, they tend to hold it. So I think this, I think I've got Utgard Lockie will be a better horse over the journey as we saw last campaign as well. So look, we're getting an each way quote, something around six fifty seven bucks. Um, that's plenty for me to get involved. But I think Arctic Stream is a major player too. The thing that turned me off was the 1,400 to 21. Yeah. There might just be one short. We might yep. just be one run short there for, uh, for him to be fully fit. But um, no, another good version of the uh, – of the tats. Watch Royal Command just blow them away now. We've all gone elsewhere. So as we try and get what are you? What are, what are we expecting from Spiritual Warrior? I imagine that it's um, Perth Cup bound, of course. Um, he's one of our very best stayers. Uh, is this, I don't know, like I don't want to be too flippant about it, but is it a bit of a prep run? Just a prep run for a spiritual warrior yeah they interviewed lucy well they interviewed all the jockeys after the the railway oh, I saw and, that, um, yeah. yeah just a quick comment they'll give the and she said mm. um yep on, on track for the first cup, cup you know yep. that was i think the blinkers oh this this might be completely wrong but i think the blinkers might have gone on in the railway is like all right we'll see if we can keep up spring well <laughs> fresh or keep up let's yeah. see if we can sprint yeah. well the last time we saw we him was at 3200 yeah. <laughs> But poor, um, poor old spiritual warriors cop the fastest, the second yeah. fastest railway of all time. <laughs> it's an in, when you're talking prep runs, it is funny and it's it's very Justin Warwick esque to be a prep run for a race in in a month and a half to yeah. be backing up of seven days with 61 from a wide gate. So who, 
but who knows? Maybe spiritual warrior could be a, a late out here. But um, no, that's that's fair. He doesn't really worry about. We worry about. Oh, we don't want to give that horse a gut bust or we're, oh, no. we're worried. And nah, the old trotting yeah, just, sort just, of way. Yeah, exactly <laughs> the right. more, the better. Exactly yeah. right. So um, yeah, I think uh, he'll well and truly have his. What is it? Bart Cummins a. Uh, 10, ten, ten yeah. yeah, I think he'll have his 10K in him by the time he gets to the Perth Cup. So, But, yeah, just a, just a prep one. If, if he wins this, geez, take him straight to Melbourne. So he wins anything. All right. It's the Crown Perth Winter Bottom Stakes Group 1. 1200 meters standard weight for age our the jewel in our sprinting crown over here in west australia it's been won by some of the greats of the turf which we've mentioned earlier i mean miss andretti buffering both went on to win uh internationally we had uh champions like of uh, well takeover target of course he went and won at royal ascot as well for uh diamond joe joniak and um and, and Jay Ford, what a story he, he was. And, of course, uh, Brittany Taylor's family have a rich history with the Winterbottom Stakes as well. And um, it's just been a good horse's race for a long period of time. And um, and speaking of good horses, we the number one saddlecloth, Godolphin, Royal Blue. He's a Group 1 sprinter of the highest order trekking. He comes up as our $2.20 favourite, Drew Barrier 11. William Pike, Sir William, has been booked to ride, booked in advance. Um, I guess he's going to be the uh, the horse that everyone's going to be turning towards. He's going to be the popular elect. Terry, are you tackling trekking or are you looking to play around the current $2.25? Well, I think it well it goes against my DNA to to hop into an even money favourite that has to travel across the country. Um, I have no doubt that trekking is the the best and most credentialed horse in this race, but you have to travel across the country. It's um, I think it's basically an ideal situation, uh, ideal identical situation to last year's assault on the race when trekking started two dollars ninety went okay. You know, it went okay. It was an on-speed dominator race that day, but Trekking still arguably could have done a little bit more. Um, he's only a year older. He's coming in with the same type of form. He's drawn off a little bit. Look, I, I can understand why a lot of people will pile in and say he's unbeatable, but I, I don't believe a horse should ever be even money when you've got to travel across the country, um, to be honest with you. So... That being said, we're going to look. Um, we're going to look around trekking here. Uh, it needs to be noted, as most people would have seen by now, um, that Brittany has ruined the, uh, <laughs> the the winter bottom for all uh, Indian Pacific backers by scratching Caracapo. Um, Jason, a bit disappointed, is he? No, no, no. He wasn't? I think he was with yeah. the expectation that uh, if he was drawing well in a ratings race, that that's where he belonged. Um, with Condor Heroes now in the race, so oh, I know that the I know especially Michael, um, Jan Jimmy, um, they are uh, they're somewhat bullish. He can run a race here at a big price, but uh, look, we know with Condor Heroes in this race, we will see a frenetic tempo set. Uh, Lockie actually texted me yesterday, and he used a great analogy um, with Indian Pacific here, and he thinks that Indian Pacific, and I couldn't have said this any better. If, if uh, Indian Pacific will be leading up the peloton mm. behind uh, to use a Tour de France. Uh, yeah. Uh, terminology we'll, we'll be leading up the peloton behind um condor heroes so look i'm the last run and i don't think it, it's hard to quantify it doesn't read a, as good as it looks on paper even uh, it's, it's about understanding the work that indian pacific did underneath valor road um indian, it's just never he never ever looked happy in the run in the colonel reeves on that heavy track 
the way he cut up the rest of the field while receiving pressure, I thought he was entitled to be beaten a long way. Like I didn't, I didn't think he deserved to be beaten under a length celebrity queen and stage man who, yes, they came from further back and yes, aesthetically that's going to look more pleasing. It always does look more pleasing when a horse comes from um, well off them to swallow them up. But I felt the race with the tempo that Condor Hero set, there was an entitlement to do so. Um, the winkers go on here. I think that might be a little bit of a, a cherry on top for the for the big dance for Neville Parnham here. But I think Indian Pacific uh, finds the rail, um, follows up Condor. The key for Brad Parnham here, I think, is never to restrain. So for some reason, he does catch Condor Heroes, or they try and go a little slower on Condor Heroes. Just peel out to the breeze. Just peel out to the breeze. I don't want to see for one second Indian Pacific not fluent or smooth or happy in the run. I believe Indian Pacific is uh, an upcoming superstar. Never been beaten when leading or breezing. And while he won't be leading or breezing this, it's sort of the equivalent of doing so if he just runs his own race and forgets that Condor Heroes is out there. So this is one of the better bets. Well, this easily is my best bet on the card. Um, we've chopped and chipped away at the price. Uh, I started going before the barrier draw. I didn't think the barrier draw mattered so much for a horse with a lot of speed, but... You couldn't have asked for a better barrier draw. He's going to have some slow ones like Durandal on his back, who I suspect um, he'll be able to shake off with some ease. Look, I'm, I'm pretty bullish. You do sound bullish. Yeah, if you couldn't tell, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty bullish. So. He worked in the blinkers on Tuesday and yeah. he just overdid it. Yep. So that's why Neville's gone for the, the winkers okay. instead, sort of gone for the halfway sort mm -hmm. of mark. But everything you say is right. He, he was just chasing last start and I think it's very hard for a horse that's constantly just sort of out of their comfort zone to then finish off strongly and I thought he actually did a reasonable job mm -hmm. of that and that's it if he if he just runs his own race don't worry about what Condor's doing out in front Condor will come back to you so if you just set your own tempo and where he's comfortable um, then yeah he can run an almighty race but I just think trekking's the class here uh, you, the one thing about horses coming over here this race has been dominated by east coasters but this time is been a little bit different with covid restrictions trekking's campaign wasn't ideal had to run in the everest back up a week later later into a manicado and i think it was on the monday that they then had to fly so you, you've raced in the manicado and then on the friday night mm. and then on monday had to get on a plane and, and fly so that wouldn't typically be your ideal time but i think he's had long enough since then um, to to settle in here in Perth, and we've seen him at the trials now. And I think if he just brings that form, he has to be awfully hard to beat. Yeah, he did have that trial hit out at mm. Belmont on Monday. Um, just cantered up to them, looked like, like like the class horse he is. So he's had that he's had that sort of breeze up hit out pipe opener in the over a thousand meters at Belmont on Monday. Uh, I think Godolphin have done well booking the wizard just quietly. Mm. Uh, this is this is almost the perfect wizard horse, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. You know, um, they could have, uh, yeah, they've 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 done superbly. Um, what is okay? So, what does Condor Heroes mean to the backmarkers, Terry? Like, does it? Is it what? what you know, like how? So, where is where is too far back for a horse like Trekking? 
Well, you I imagine forget, he can when be watching a bit, the race, yeah. I'd almost, if you're watching it, if you're not watching it live and you're watching it on a screen, put your hand over Condor Heroes. Yeah. And pre pretend, pretend Condor Heroes isn't in the race. So um, Condor Heroes only can be a positive for being a little bit of a roadblock or making Indian Pacific come out earlier than he has to or making Indian Pacific maybe take a little sit where he just wants to be, as I said before, fluent and free in the run. So there's no way that Condor Heroes advantages those on speed. Um, but for, for trekking and for uh, Celebrity Queen, Stage Man, um, he's, he's definitely um, – yeah, he's going to bring them into play, I suspect. Yeah, obviously trekking, as the market suggests, and um, from a quality point of view, easily the horse to beat, which is why he's so short. I'm going to tip around him, though. I think that there is um, opportunities with local horses to knock him off, they being stage man. Indian Pacific, as Terry alluded to, and Elite Street. Elite Street is the Elite most Street. fascinating runner mm. in this race. He's um, he's he's handled handled a brutal tempo two starts ago, three wide no cover, and absolutely brained him. His win last start was um, arrogant, I would say. Uh, this is a huge <laughs> huge leap, huge mm. um, throw at the stumps. But he just you could tell when we had Brad Parnham on. Um, couple of weeks ago now that he was very enthusiastic that this horse would would make the grade so he's a, he's a big x factor x factor runner so the horses capable of beating is trekking rather uh, locally are stage man indian pacific and elite street i think they all have the talent to to top end talent and the peak performances to win this race and um so they're yeah flip of the coin either, either of those three i think stage man for me, he just feels like a horse who could be any. I said we said this last week. Could mm -hmm. be anything, but there's obviously there's a there's a um, I don't know. There's a, there's a there's a chip that's not quite right. He's a bit chinky, isn't he? Stage. Well, man. it's just in the gates. Yeah. If he's jumped those past two runs, he wins. Yes. He's just he's his own worst enemy, and yeah. if if he can get out of the gates. Oh. He, he's looking incredible. I don't know if anyone yeah, has seen those videos horse, of yeah. Adam Durant that he's been putting yeah, out with yep. Stage Man and his preparation. It's been really great insight. But the horse looks so, so good. If he runs up to his looks and uh, can just step out a little bit cleaner than mm. he has. Paddy Carberry gets the ride replacing mm -hmm. a suspended Clint Johnston Porter. So, he's so yeah, they're, they're the three, I think. Stage Man, Indian Pacific and Elite Street. Now, before... I go any further i need to we need to discuss your thoughts before i start on red cam man how do you assess red cam man's chances terry oh good on him i don't mind the little dropback here i think there'll be a thought process going forward is the mile on red cam man's uh limit his best he's probably his best distance is going to be the 1400 potentially going forward um you can probably assess that a little better than i being uh closer to the stable and probably following a little bit closer than than i do but um look i think with the hot tempo he's got the the speed to land up near him i'm expecting an honest race i think he finishes top six um i think he's probably over the odds is he still 26 30 to one i saw yesterday yeah some places he's low 20 some places yeah yeah i love i love conventional campaigns i must admit so uh, i think he'll run his honest race I think have you'll get a check. We, have we had a good sighter on him at the mile? Guineas was really slowly mm. run last year and then he comes into the what'd you say, the second fastest railway. Mm. He didn't look like he fully ran it out, but he probably was entitled to not do it given the tempo. Mm. 
at, in a normal run mile, does he get? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, did too close to Sun get the mile? I mean, he's finished ahead behind him. Yeah. So after landing on top of a, you know, um, sort of crazy sort of speed, um, that'll that'll play out in time, I think. Mm. For me, I don't think the mile, the mile is an issue. I, For me, the just touching on the railway, my gut feel is if in a perfect world, I think most people will, will say and, and agree on that Sean McGrady gave Red Camman every possible chance last Saturday in the railway stakes. In a perfect world, however, I would have loved to have seen him land 1-1 and be the first horse to go, basically the same game plan as what Too Close to Sun did. I feel as though if, if he hit the straight with a bit more momentum and a, and a, and a gap, because he just he worked so hard up on top of that speed, even though he was in the box seat, it was going so fast. But he just didn't have a lot to show for it, if you know what I mean. Like he's he straightened up with Inspirational Girl basically on his heels. So and and um, so he just didn't have a lot to show for the I guess the fuel that he spent early in the race. So I would have liked to have seen him off and gone. If that had been the case, I think he probably ran second, but he didn't. He ran he ran fourth, and uh, which which stung. Mm. But um, I reckon he's just I reckon he's going to run a mighty race on Saturday. I think. He's he's easily up to these talent-wise. The whether he can back up off such a um, high-pressure race, high-pressure mile is 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 you know we'll find out. I yeah I'm tipping I'm tipping Red Cam Man's going to be up for the fire, and I'd be surprised if he doesn't run the top four to be honest. Um, and I think Terry's I think he's a bit a bit overs, but um, but man like yeah if these these are the three horses I'll be backing. I think Indian Pacific Terry's knocked the price off, so that's um that's uh, uh, who said it was me. <laughs> <laughs> Terry and friends have knocked the price off. So for me, I'm going to be having three win bets: Red Can Man, Stage Man, Elite Street. So. No mentioned Vital Silver second in the race last mm. year. I worry with Vital Silver. I know, I know the the Pierce camp is quite confident heading into the race. Was that just a? And I know it wasn't just one campaign, but was that just a, a period of time where he's peaked and they've struggled to get him back to that? I mean, you can find excuses. First up, Peter Hall rode him when he had, I think he had the grandstand and he's back behind mm. Money Matters and. Uh, I can't think of the other sprinter's name. And then second, Jericho, Jericho yeah, Missile. Jericho Missile, yeah. And then second up over the 1,200, he was boxed away. As we know, Vital Silver's a horse that likes to roll and run. Um, then came out in that fast run, 1,400 metres. And while his record at 1,400 reads really well on paper, that's all earlier in his career against Still, he was, he was three so. wide, no cover, punching into a – He got yeah. some cover for a bit. Thought he was entitled to do a t touch more, mm. maybe. So, look, I don't know whether he's fully had that chance. But, yeah, look, if – I think if we get trekking beating here, and I've got a feeling, look, just listen to Brittany and, and the fact that one thing Brittany said and it's, it's bang on is the fact that this is a race dominated by the Eastern Stables and the reason is it's weight for age. Yeah. And, I mean, if this is a handicap, trekking's absolutely cooked. Um, but under the weight for age conditions, the, the good horses tend to come to the fore. But, um, look, Vital Silver has run two seconds in, in, in group ones and um, he, he will be the horse that gets under everyone's guard here again. And remember, he was held over in Melbourne So and he and Rock Magic when, when COVID first hit, the two of them were both stranded there. So they didn't come back. He probably didn't have the traditional lead up in that though that winter sort of time. So whether we saw sort of the best of him through that mm -hmm. time, and yeah, Rock Magic was another one. He was stuck over there and whatever. Can you just imagine? Just, oh, I can't. Just, no. just think for one second what it would be like if an eleven-year-old won the Winterbottom. If it was like Rock Magic is, I feel is everyone's favourite horse. 
This I, place wouldn't know what. He's in room. I don't think. I didn't think I had a heart, right? I genuinely thought I was completely and utterly heartless. The amount I've got an absolute. I'll be honest. I've got an absolute fortune on Indian Pacific. I would genuinely prefer to see Rock Magic. Yeah. Win. I genuinely yep. prefer to see Rock Magic win this race. I won't have a cent on. I. I don't believe he can win. So, and I know that the lads love hearing me when I said uh, <laughs> Condor Heroes couldn't win, and uh, that's how they introduced me to each other. Now, this is the bloke that knocks <laughs> Condor Heroes. Um, but uh, look, just the shades going on at eleven. I love that he's drawn a gate. Jared, I mean, we don't know how long's left for riding with Jared as well. I think he's coming yeah, to the end true. in that sense. Yep. This is a potential swan song. I think that they bow out, bow out together. Oh, Him and Rocky. Jeez, <laughs> what a wouldn't story. That be oh. something, hey? Wouldn't that be something? So I, I hope he runs a mighty race. I'd love for him to see him run a hole. It'd be um scenes. Oh, there'd be scenes. Yeah. The, uh, the rock magic bar will be absolutely uh pumping probably for a week. Uh, it is just go, remarkable to run in your fifth winter bottom. Oh. They got him in 2014. He won four of his first five races, and in the end of that first prep, he ran in his first. 2014. And now we're going in his fifth in 2020. They're it's just about good enough. Incredible. The, um, what a the Roma Cup after him as well. Yeah. The, the Rock Magic Roma Cup. The Rock Roma. Uh, anyway, final selections. You're tipping three, BJ. Give us one on well, top. Come on. One on Get top. off the fence. Stage man. Stage man? Yep. Uh, Indian Pacific for me. Trekking. I don't like right. doing it, but. Uh, uh, it makes uh, yeah. complete and utter sense. Another uh, another group one. Pikey might just be able to clean sweep the three group ones as well. Everyone will be, <laughs> Everyone will be hoping Pikey bugs off, buzzes off again soon, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the jockeys anyway. So comes home and rides the two. Big great ones. So, all right. What time is it, Guru? Uh, it's time for the last BJ. It's time for the Get Out Stakes. S T E A K S. I was a bit concerned with my uh, spelling, uh, the way I've been going today. I thought the spelling might be off, but uh, tell it. us more about it. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. Extremely popular. Get Out Stakes is brought to you by Market City Meat, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Cannyvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show. Please swing past and say g'day, Timmy and his team. They'll take the best of care. Um, congratulations to last week's winner, Harley Field. Uh, he was the only person to lock in Nerf Bosk on top in last week's Get Out Stakes, so he uh, he saluted. Harley is Melbourne-based, though, uh, and he has requested that we carry over the stakes to this week. Oh, it's a oh. jackpot. It's a jackpot. I'll tell you what. It's a jackpot. So we have $100 worth of gourmet sirloin on offer in race 10 this Saturday. So thanks, Harley. And um, he he has actually been with us from the start, one of our longest supporters at the 1-1. And he's been entering – I reckon he's entered the Get Out Stakes every week and he finally chalked up a victory in the in the one-year episode last week. So congratulations. Oh, well mate. done, Harley. So to enter this week's – Get out stakes, remembering it's 10 races. So send through who you think will win the 10th on Saturday at Ascot, Winter Bottom Stakes Day, and a decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred. Remembering the Sam White rule, Terry, first in, best dressed. 10 races. That's a lot of races, isn't there? I'm actually quite glad there's not a meeting at a, um, a provincial track at the same time because it just all gets a bit much for me while I'm out here. So, um, Brittany, have you got the winner in the last for us? No, you kick it off. Oh, no. <laughs> BJ, have you got the winner in the last for us? Have I got the winner in the last? Yes, I do. Oh, oh, perfect. Well, then we're done. Oof, thank God someone's Let's got confidence. <laughs> uh, I think Tollman will win. He is my on top selection. I uh, yeah, his first up run was was really really good uh, over fourteen hundred meters at Ascot seventy two grade. He 
Followed that up, he did get a few favours the other day with some interference. The rest of the field knocked uh, yeah. around. Nwadaru. Nwadaru uh, clipped a toe, mm, toe clip, clip and uh, basically knocked out, wiped out half the field. Um, but he got the rather race. But he won any, if you watch the replay, he actually won ears pricked, really. Um, naughty by nature. Uh, Sophie Song ran second. Naughty by nature, third. Uh, naughty by nature has won since, and Sophie Song got beaten in the last couple of bounds by a red publisher last Saturday. Tollman. Troy Turner's uh, found a bit of form actually, which is which is good. He wrote a double at Bunbury yesterday. I think he's going to be positive again from a good draw for for Tollman, who I reckon is a is a pretty decent horse actually. On the rise, he's going to get every opportunity. Um, Fifty five kgs rising to this to this grade. He he gets in exactly on the minimum rating because this is actually a seventy seven plus. So for me, I think um, I think Tollman is the winner and Canvas is the biggest danger. Terry. Uh, I'm with you. Nice and simple. Looks to map a treat. Did not expect to find Tollman. Mark Tollman four, currently five. So probably a bet. But uh, Money Maher is flying mm. since return. Two very unlucky runs. Caught deep on both occasions. My worry is by race 10, how's that inside pad playing? Three or four back the fence can be a little bit of a concern at times. So look, Tollman's the one that makes uh, the most sense to me from a speed map point of view. And as you said, I think um, I think he's quite progressive. I was Money Maher. I, I'm not usually a massive fan of a horse that has come off injury and it's been multiple injuries multiple setbacks over the years until they've done it i just like to see them do it before you want to be on but um i thought last week's effort in the carbine was good was wide and chasing the whole way and you think up to, to up to a mile will be suitable was going to get a cushy run from one so i ended up siding that way you reckon that'll be a double for the pieces with dig day <laughs> let's hope it's just a single <laughs> Could be a treble, vital silver. Could oh, be yeah. a treble. Could be a treble. Could yeah. be a big day for the Pierces. So, uh, a toll man for me, but uh, money Maher. It depends how many. Yeah, if I have a couple of beers by that stage and the Pierces are flying, if Dig Day wins, I'll probably end up a money Maher. So, I've got very little between them in the market. So, I'll probably back a drifter. Okay. Yeah. So, as I said, that's toll man for me as well. And Canvas is the biggest danger. I thought her first up run was good and always had a bit of time for for this mare. So, it's uh, yeah. So that brings our preview of winter bottom winter bottom stakes day to a close now it's time for our best betting proposition of the day the betfair best betting propositions of the day and and our maddies but we'll start off with our best and we'll head to our guest yeah. Brittany. Oh. what is your betfair best betting proposition of the day having to file Brit got got she's got file through my <laughs> 10 pieces of paper are you borrowing pete mccormick's index card <laughs> 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 you might need to go first, dear. Terry. Uh, Indian Pacific. Is your... I'm going to go a clean sweep with the group ones I've decided this year. Clean sweep? Yeah, clean, clean sweep. Clean sweep. Indian Pacific to uh, get off Condor Heroes at the right time, get going and trekking stage man, celebrity queen to flash late. Also, good luck to everyone. A few people actually listened to me and um, and chimed in at the uh, at the uh, 51 bucks celebrity queen a couple of weeks ago when I suggested so. So good luck to the few of us that do have the 50s celebrity queen. My bet fair best is Resort Man. I think he's probably got a bit of a class edge on those. Kiri Yule, Michael Lane, pretty Oh. Dynamic combination. Don't miss, do they? Resort man on top. I think the uh, the three thirty or three fifty that's sort of floating around like is, is Chris is, Main two thousand and fourteen top stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, when he used to be able to kick for goal. Yeah, exactly. Miss. Yeah. Never miss. Yeah, Ben Brown. All right. Sorry. We're resort man and stick with the stable Caracapo. 
Oh, you're going to get a double. Yeah. I like that. Karen's just holding a little double out there. What about, um, when, what about when Raul Romoli just hits him again with the oh, shillelagh and just lengthens the Karen Capo? Bloke sauce. Yeah. <laughs> just finds just finds panels. Um, Brittany, do you have a Maddie for us? No. Oh, no. Back to, back to the index cards. <laughs> back to the index cards. Back to the index cards. Terry. Uh, well, mine's clearly going to be the beach. I marked her. Take me to her favourite. And she's currently 31 bucks and over $8. For a uh, for a hole, so um, I'm not uh, necessarily jumping out of my skin, but that is uh, comfortably a bet. BJ, what's yours? You've come up with a couple today. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably uh, through lack of sleep and lack yeah. of. <laughs> lack of <laughs> I feel that way too, actually. Lack of in-depth form. Um, so uh, I thought my Maddie went really well in the Guineas. Bragwell, yeah, he just was super. a bit slow away. If he could have just landed one pair closer, he got knocked down by Dom to shoot as well. Geez, it was a good run. Jim and I ended up on the Guineas the way the track was playing. At a fair uh, M- crack. I reckon you ended up on MTA. Oh. Yeah, gave, uh, I gave Jared and Trevor's a big uh, big ride home, but um, no, well done to Wolfie. Um, Britt. You, you were a bit off after the Guineas though, weren't you? Is, is that a fair oh, assessment? flat because yeah. the Guineas, the, the group ones, I put in out, like every week an hour or two goes into it. I redo a form, I redo a map, I redo a form, redo a map. And I didn't have Condor Heroes coming to this. That's why I was really big in your Pacific leading all the way. I'm still big on your Pacific, but um, yeah, a little bit flat that they've gone this way with Condor Heroes. Can a Maddie be fifteen dollars? Uh, that's a cripper, Maddie. Yeah, oh. look, so. you've given us a multi. You've given us a multi for your best. So oh no, that's not. A, we'll no, wasn't that. a multi. I was just offering two. No, I, I reckon multi with a boost. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> you know, I listened to this, I listened to this podcast that many times. I completely forgot about this oh, segment, and I've, I'm fiddling through most my ten pages. Listen, most people only listen to this bit. Well, there you go. Um, we'll go bad wolf. Bad wolf. I yeah. like that. I think you're money, probably money uh, Miley. Yeah, yeah, it might be a little drift on the fair. Get yeah, twenty dollars we'll later anyway. I think so. Yeah, bad wolf. Can say that. My Maddie is Red Can Man. Best available oh. moments twenty three dollars. Go the Red Can in the Winterbottom Stakes. Madness territory, I believe. So, uh, thanks, Brittany. Thank it's you. It's been a pleasure. Oh, I also we forgot to mention our brand new trucker hats. Oh yeah. Hey, how are we distributing? Don't know. We'll Anyone to, we'll, that's been on gets yeah, one. Obviously, guests, but, um, guests get one. Yeah. And um, got mine we'll, on we'll, now. We'll work it. We'll work out how we're going to hand out the other ones. We won't hand them out willy nilly. So sparingly, but um, the uh, yeah they've arrived. So we'll have a, hopefully take a photo soon and whack it up on Twitter and Facebook. But yeah, Brittany, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on and uh, sharing the Winterbottom Stakes Day edition with us here at the One One. And I'll hand over to the Perth Racing Guru Terry to do his thing. Well, even for us, that was a fairly lengthy old podcast. I uh, my stomach that the macaroons were good, but they haven't tired me <laughs> over enough. I do wish we had that steak sandwich now, so we'll keep this nice and brief. Um, thank you, Brittany, uh, for coming on. As BJ just said, it has been always uh, it's always lovely having a chat, and it's really interesting to hear um, some of your thoughts from the mounting yard in particular. So I'm um, I've got to try and uh, utilise that in a little bit of my game. But uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having time. me. Um, good luck. Uh, I don't actually mean that. I was going to wish you good luck with Karakapo, yeah. but I actually don't mean it. So I'm not <laughs> going to wish you good luck with Karakapo. Very confident uh, that we can get the chockies with Dig Deep. Uh, as I said, we'll be out there. Are you going to be out there this week, BJ? How? Maybe for an hour or two. Again. Maybe for an hour yeah, or two. Quick right. hit and run mission. Yeah. Well, make sure you get along. Say congratulations to uh, to BJ and what's been a pretty big <laughs> Can week. Can you bring for him. Harrison? Put Is him in a little, little baby, uh, baby my, wearing. Yeah, that'll, that'll be oh, here. I'd love that'll to see here, you with a strap on. A bit, bit oh, like Alan <laughs> from The Hangover. <laughs> Be like Alan from The Hangover with my baby Bjorn. Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. So. Deary me, I know we can. Oh, I've done after all of this. Okay. Um, 
until next week on the one one. <laughs>